Hi guys, I'm Becca Otis from Five Lines Pottery, and I'm located in Van. And I'm Ryan Durbin from RD Ceramics, located in Highland Heights, Kentucky. And welcome to Wheel Talk. <laughs> it looks ridiculous. It looks so ridiculous. <laughs> that's good i like that uh, i got this new hairdo <laughs> no you didn't <laughs> okay hold on it, it just well, that's like really crazy <laughs> i was just trying to do that for the shock effect oh hey, you got me <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah oh uh, how y'all doing good how are you good nice to finally meet you both and uh yeah thank you thanks for having me here too and stuff yeah yeah thanks for joining us yeah. oh who made the mug you got there this one is from a guy named uh andy balmer he's this old school salt fire guy here in portland uh, i worked uh, at a factory called pratt and larson it's uh like a towel manufacturer and he was kind of the uh He's kind of the old school guy that was running it for a while. And so he gave one to me. And then uh, I, went, I went to go visit him at a studio sale he did uh, a little bit ago. So, yeah. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah. Have you ever saw about Yard or anything? Or did he? I haven't done any still... salt. I tried to get in. I tried to get in with him. But he was a little, uh, I think he only fires like once a year now. He's kind of on that. He's, he's kind of like doing his own thing uh, in the background, I think, a little bit. Uh, I've done some wood stuff uh, in the past over at East Creek, if you've kind of heard of that at all over here in Portland. Uh, it's like a big onagama they have over there. Um, but mostly cone six electric, you know, keeping it real. <laughs> nice. The easiest, right? Yeah. Yeah, um, it's definitely the easiest. Yeah. You've been, from what I've heard, you've been looking more into salt firing. Cone six salt stuff, is that? Yeah, so, uh, soda. Correct? Yeah. Soda, yeah, yeah. Soda, yeah. So I'm, uh, I'm getting some dates together for when I'm gonna actually build the soda kiln at the house. So Sweet. we're gonna build it out back. <clears throat> it's not really like a, it's converting an electric kiln. So it's basically what yeah. I did at Isaac Shoes this summer. Yeah. In Kansas, so I mean, we're basically gonna replicate that here. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Isaac's been having some really cool results with the ones he's been getting out. Yeah. It, so looking forward to that it's it's gonna be a big undertaking but it'll be awesome once i get it going you just basically gut the thing set up some gas and then kind of just throw in yeah, some yeah. i mean you don't you don't really have can. to take anything out of it you just the elements don't don't cause any ruckus or anything no you're gonna you you line it with a castable material that's rated to fire up to three thousand degrees so you're basically oh, covering all of the elements and the brick the soft brick or else it would like degrade and eat away. So the the elements actually give it some teeth to grab into when you're putting the that material that in there. You yeah. kind of mix it up yeah. like concrete and then you like spread it in there. Okay. I see, I see. Oh, well, you got me thinking now, you know. <laughs> yeah. Little, so it, it makes it way more so way more attainable and like doable cuz you really just need the shell. Yeah, you need something. And then the the brick can be in whatever condition. Like it could be a really shitty brick situation, and it can still work. But gonna get pretty blasted, I bet. (laughs) Yeah, and then the the lid you can't really like coat the lid, so 
you know, you got to kind of do the best you can to like protect the pots. So I think Isaac's putting like a shelf on the top shelf so that there's Uh, something where the, the little flakes can fall onto the shelf instead of onto the pots. Yeah. Ah, Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, the, there, there is a, a burner and you do have to cut like a little area out of one of the, the bands for where the burner is going to be like a port or that's not really where the burner goes. The burner goes kind of like underneath because you're going to have a stack of bricks, but that's more the port. So you can like put the soda in with the iron. That's cool. I'm excited to see your work come out. That'll be fun. Yeah. See see that change up from the classic, the electric stuff you've been doing. So yeah, it's, it's so different. So (laughs) it's a whole new world, right? The variety. I think that when he, um, I think that when he like gets into that part, he's gonna be a lot more. Oh, my earphones aren't on. You can't hear us. That's all good. Are those the new ones? Are those the new bows? No, I can hear you. Yeah, I'm really confused right now. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. I think that um, when you get into it, you're gonna get a lot more. like creative and loose with your throwing and i think it'll produce like a lot of nicer results yeah because the subtle textures will really accentuate in the different surfaces and yeah like I'm, i don't plan to put any of the like carved stuff in there because i feel like it's just going to be blown out but it kind of gets me back to throwing those simple forms and seeing how they turn out in that that atmosphere so Oh, yeah, I'm curious because you kind of got your stuff pretty dialed in with all the underglaze and the carving and the scraffito you got going on. So it'll be a whole new. Yeah. Yeah. I don't don't really. And I don't know if it's hard to see from social, but I mean, you probably see from shows that the carving stuff is only. 15 percent of the work that I make or 10 percent. So it's not really the bread and butter, but, you know, the stuff that I show that's more eye-catching for social media is that kind of work probably yeah, just because yeah. I, i'm more proud of it so it's easier to show that because i feel like it's more enticing than sharing just simple stuff yeah. but well, you got solid glazes going on too and everything as well so i always appreciate i mean i think the first time that i remember seeing you and your work was like the spoon rest and all the glazes that you're using all the spoon rest it's like it's like good i don't want to say simple because but it takes a long time kind of figuring it out but like nice straightforward glazes done well mm-hmm. is something you don't you don't get to see as often as sometimes you wish, you know, so especially yeah, on sure. a clean form and things like that. So Ryan is the spoon rest man. <laughs> It'll be nice <laughs> when I get to the end of the year and like do the analytics of how many spoon rests I made and sold or whatever. Yeah. See how that turns out. But uh, yeah, I like making them. So I still, still crank them <laughs> through them. That's good. Those in oh. the shot glasses, I like throwing tons of those too. So. I remember I remember seeing those kind of right when I first found y'all uh, I think like a year ago maybe a little more is when I first started kind of listening to y'all and I'm pretty sure I've binged I probably most of them uh, while I was working at that factory job doing tile stuff and you know mm-hmm. <laughs> getting insight into how it all goes that'll get ya so, you know yeah it helps out I used to have a friend who used to do detailing and he would listen to a book a day like oh my gosh yeah just like always doing detailing and yeah just like always listening to something that's how it was when i was working production too it's just like mm-hmm. i didn't listen to podcasts because um if you listen to podcasts and you're thinking about things other than what you're doing 
So, like, I needed to listen to something else. But, yeah, for sure. You said you kind of need to zone in, not zone out. Yeah. 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 Which is contrary to what most people <laughs> think. Yeah, it was nice to zone out. Yeah, I was just making glaze all day and fixing stuff and doing all that. So it was nice to, like, yeah. and also to just be thinking about pottery, you know, and kind of. It's uh yeah I've you I've been kind of a constant through the journey which has been kind of nice so it's always good yeah it's nice like even across the country you can still see people doing their thing and growing like I remember I started listening I think before you even got your van and stuff like that and then oh yeah seeing that journey's been pretty cool and everything too so yeah yeah it's been yeah. it's been fun yeah uh, it's wild it's gotta be wild of course you know but oh <laughs> I don't think it's too wild I mean it's. Last year was probably more wild getting acclimated than this year, I would suspect, but I suppose, yeah, I think that uh I feel like I only did one big like trip last year, and well, maybe two, but I've always done like I've always done long trips and just slept in my car, and um like that's literally why I bought my car. I was like, oh, can I sleep in the back? Great. And, um, and then, cause I always go to the West coast, like without any, you know, always have to go to the West coast. Cause I have family there, I have friends there, all the things. And, the um, place. yeah. And <laughs> apart from the money. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not wrong here. <laughs> but but yeah, like I went to Michigan and that was like a big endeavor. But other than that, I just, you know, just worked in my studio and then slept in the van. It's like, you know, it's just like it's mobile, but it's still yeah. just in one space. So that was it's, it's nice. your lifestyle too, yeah. 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 You can bounce around, go see people. I feel like I always see like you popping up in a new place or something like that and doing yeah. things. So Yeah, I do like popping to see people it's nice to be able to like go to ryan's house and and uh i can sleep in my own bed and i can you know like still i i like i've worked in my van while i was at ryan's house instead of working in his studio and stuff like that so that's always nice very flexible and yeah. uh, you know yeah. Lloyd can do his own thing and you don't have to worry about him like oh how's he gonna be in this area it's like he'll figure it out dude yeah. okay i'm at deidre's house right now which is ryan's mom and I went in a different way today because I came from Cincinnati and I normally come from Indianapolis. So it's a, just a different direction. So I approached their, their, their neighborhood differently. And when we got to the point where he knew which house we were at, that motherfucker was meowing the shit out of things. Like he could not handle it. He was on the door and he was like, get me the fuck out of this car. Like before that, before he saw the house, he was fine. He was fine. But once he saw your parents' house, he was like, I'm I need to be out of here right now because I've got places to be. I have people to see and I've got like somebody's got to be feeding him. I don't know, but <laughs> it's <laughs> Oh, he's got stuff to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He like bolts it across the busiest fucking road and like goes to the apartments on the other side. Oh my god. <laughs> He's gonna. Does die. he come into the house? Does he out in the house with you? Or is he stay in the car? The whole no, time? he's no, he's in the he's in the car, and I, like I go out to the car to sleep too, um, and but yeah, he's in the, he's in the van, so. 
Yeah, she'll get him in there before it's too late, and then, you know, yeah. he'll he'll. But he's got to stretch his legs and get going. Like he, yeah. she can't just show up I at feel- 10 p.m. at night, stay in the vehicle and not let him out and not let him roam for a bit. Yeah. Yeah, he's a he's a roamer for sure. Kind of owns the world a little. It seems like you know everywhere's his. You know? <laughs> yeah. He's a little white lion. That's what he is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He walks like it too. He's like, I own this motherfucking street, and you can't stop me. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, surprise. We're actually already recording because, uh. She wanted to surprise you with the wig. Yeah. So just. <laughs> <laughs> that was the oh. whole reason. Um, <laughs> and we can use this this last part, or we don't have to. It's been pretty. Yeah. Or we can keep everything we've been saying. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. I'm cool with anything. It's totally up to y'all. Cool. You know? Well, you I mean, should... yeah. Oh, go on. I always enjoy the conversations whenever I listen. You know, it makes you feel like you're right there. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. So you got to get that solid like 15 to an hour of just random talk and then you're good to go. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. Um, Yeah. So will you introduce yourself and tell us like who you are and how you started doing pottery? It doesn't matter what your favorite color is. doesn't matter. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I'm Noah Smith. Um, I have NWS Ceramics on Instagram, and I'm also the owner of Heirloom Ceramics Studio. Uh, we're located in Selwood, which is basically Portland, uh, Oregon, over here on the West Coast. Um, I started the studio about four months ago. Today's actually the four-month anniversary from us opening, so it's still pretty Ooh. recent. Uh, with the studio yeah, Yeah, and it's going really great over there. Um, I started pottery about maybe a little more than four and a half years ago. Um, so I started when I was in college, actually. So I went to school for, uh, biochemistry. So I was studying the sciences and was really into research, uh, you know, that whole kind of stuff over there. Um, and I was kind of thinking about going down that path for a while. Um, uh, but I found pottery is kind of a way to not go insane. Uh, the university of Oregon is where I was at down in Eugene had a craft center, uh, shout out to them. They're awesome, really amazing folks down there. Um, and so I took a class and I started learning ceramics and I kind of, you know, it, when it hits, it hits. You can't really stop. You know, it's just kind of how that goes. And uh, I started kind of growing and making down there and, and just kind of trying to learn. Uh, and eventually, um, like 2022, kind of during, you know, uh, I had the opportunity to actually go and get a um, get a wheel and a kiln from a family friend. Uh, I somehow looked out kind of down the like a far off family friend somehow down the tree. She was moving from. Uh, uh, house to an apartment down in San Diego, so pretty far uh, from Oregon. Um, and so I flew down there. Uh, I loaded up a U-Haul with uh, a wheel and a kiln and a bunch of other stuff, and I drove it back up to my little basement apartment I was staying in in Eugene, and I set it all up. I wasn't able to set the kiln up, sadly, but I got the wheel set up in my little basement. I started making uh, and selling at some potters, I like selling at some farmers markets and some other little shows and things like that. Um, and trying to take it maybe a little more seriously, just like enjoying it more, kind of starting to find the art a little more and see, you know, what people are making outside of just my local studio and kind of having my mind blown about some of that, you know, seeing what's going on on Instagram and just, you know, in books and museums and starting to listen to more and see some more contemporary work and stuff too. Um, and then uh, I was working for a year doing research after I graduated in a lab uh, and I was thinking about going to get a PhD or do research or something like that. And 
uh, it just didn't really seem like the right path for me at that moment uh, in time. I just wasn't really super stoked on where that would have left me off after I followed that. And uh, so I moved up to Portland in September of last year, 2022. Uh, my fiance was living up here at the time. And so we, we were like apart for the year while I was working down there and we moved back up. Um, and I got a job. I was kind of looking for jobs in biochem and kind of doing research or just like, you know, anything that can pay me money to, you know, not be as broke as I was in college. Um, and I actually ended up finding some work, uh, at Pratt and Larson, which was a tile manufacturer is a tile manufacturer, uh, up here in Portland. Uh, they do kind of high end tile. I was a glaze maker over there. So I was pumping out glazes all day, kind of working on some, uh, working with the team to kind of help fix glazes and just working with materials. Um, and I was also teaching at a studio up here, uh, called elemental studios, which is kind of a smaller little kind of wellness focused studio. Um, and that was when I really first started teaching um outside of kind of personal lessons and things like that um and then uh about a year later uh which is i guess this september um you know or i guess maybe like a little bit later i kind of started chatting and learning a lot more about the scene here in portland i was really getting involved with you know making a bit more and just trying to be part of that scene selling at some art shows and things like that and uh Eventually, I kind of got the idea that, uh, you know, maybe a community studio or maybe something like that in my future. Um, you know, I've always kind of approached pottery as a means to build community and to kind of build relationships and to help folks out. Uh, I really enjoy making pots and doing that. But I've kind of always said to me, at least pots are a little bit of an excuse to do kind of all the other stuff that I get to do when it comes to that. I love the ceramics and I really, really appreciate the art form and and making for myself. But I really appreciate what it can do and bring people together and that sort of, you know, when you make pots, you kind of get it, you know, it brings something to your life that nothing else can really fill. Um, and so uh, I was eventually able in uh, July, uh, July 7th is when I was able to acquire the space. I kind of put together a plan and I got some stuff. Uh, I raised some money for myself and then I was able to luckily get some investors that kind of believed in, in what I was doing a little bit. And I, uh, I found the space in Selwood and Pulled the trigger in July 7th is when I got the space. Um, and then nice. I was working very hard. <laughs> it was a lot of work. Oh, my goodness. Set up a studio, I'm sure, Becca, you know, with uh, the space you had and stuff, too, and all that. It is wow. But uh, about a month later, August 14th is when I opened doors. And, you know, I was teaching three of those classes there. I was doing three beginner classes. Um, it's a pretty wheel focused, but we do have some hand building and stuff that goes on there, too. Um, and then, uh, you know, we've been going solid since then. Uh, I think last month, uh, maybe a little bit before that, we we hit our max cap for members. So probably in about three months, we really hit capacity and then classes have been selling out and uh, nice. it's been kind of flying. I, I'm honestly really, really surprised and, and really you know honored and you know <laughs> super happy that uh, the community around there has just been so supportive of what we've been doing. Um, right now, I've been able to, uh, I hired one other instructor, uh, her name's Sarah Hensel. Uh, she's another really great maker in the area. Uh, and I have another one uh, coming in in February. Uh, his name is Twig Cosby. Uh, both really stellar makers. I, I look up to them uh, as makers and kind of just uh, for what they do in the community. Um, Twig uh, last year did something called the Queer Cat Firing over at East Creek Onagama, which was a big event they did where they really offered, I think it was like 40 or 50 folks that they raised money for for that event to just come and do some free wood firing uh, and really kind of make an impact in the community. So I really appreciated what he was doing over there too. Um, and then I have a resident artist uh, named Eric Martinez at my studio as well. So uh, I kind of created some space for him to come in uh, and focus on. He does a lot more sculptural art. Uh, and then I have a student resident as well. 
Um, his name's Connor, uh, and he's in his last year of prop design at the University of Oregon. Uh, I'm working to kind of bring in a high school intern right now as well. Um, somebody that's kind of in there, I think they're believing their junior year right now, and they're kind of interested in pursuing ceramics possibly in the future. So kind of to provide a space for them as well. Um, and then we actually just uh, got our BIPOC scholarship, our first uh, BIPOC scholarship for one of our classes off the ground as well. Um, we were able to raise some money with a, a raffle we did last weekend. Um, and so we're going to have another uh, student attending one of my uh, beginner classes as well that's fully paid for uh, with the studio raising some money and us putting in some money our own as well. So really, you know, my goal with the studio has been uh, really giving back to the community and really being very community focused in what we're doing, um, focusing on the members and they are uh, focusing on the professional artists in the area as well and what they can do. Um, I really have an appreciation for the fine contemporary side of what people can do. You know, I've seen, uh, I really, uh, besides y'all, another big podcast for me was uh, Tales of Red Clay Rambler, um, Ben Carson. And that was uh, really impactful and kind of me being exposed to a lot of that contemporary work going on. And I really appreciate what people talk about and what they do. Um, but I also have a really big appreciation for just hobby artists and kind of the ability to bring ceramics into your life without letting it take over your life. Which could maybe be a hard balance sometimes, but <laughs> yeah. for um, sure, you know. Uh, but I wanted to create a space that was really accessible for people that they could come in, um, you know, you know, whether they're a member or a student, and feel like they can really come and learn and be supported uh, by the community and by the teachers there too. Um, and people have really been, you know, very excited about that too. Um, and it's you know going well. So <laughs> that's awesome. Long yeah. story short, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for all right we're done there for Thanks. a second but yeah yeah, yeah. yeah seriously uh, i'm like wow that was a lot yeah that like sorry i know yeah so all much. at once no, you're, yeah you're good. um it's happened real fast you know i uh i i feel very lucky and like privileged to really get to where i'm at you know i've had some really amazing opportunities given to me uh and so my goal right now is to really try to give those opportunities back and keep this thing being sustainable and and grow a little bit, you know, not too much. I don't want to get, you know, I like being to have some hand on it and really make sure it's personable and, and you know, and give back yeah. to people and make it a really good, unique experience. But, uh, oh, my gosh, I've really lucked out. That, <laughs> it's been really amazing. Yeah. So you mentioned community a number of times. Like, did you get that community studio feel when you were in Oregon at school or like what sparked that? It seems like you would have had to have been part of that or you have would have been like without that to say that like that's been such a focus for you now of what you're trying to yeah. achieve build. yeah i think that like so when i was in at university i think there was a bit of that community feel there and then uh i started in like 2019 and then you know everything happened in like 2020 and so to kind of start finding something that you felt was really yours and then or just to be part of something not even just yours but you know everybody's and then i kind of feel that ripped away you kind of start to really you know maybe get a bit more of appreciation for what that space can do. I think too, growing up, I never really was, uh, I never really considered myself that artistic. Uh, I went to culinary school for a little bit before I decided to go into the sciences. Uh, but I kind of thought that, thought about that more kind of on a craft or not even really craft, but just kind of doing a job perspective. Um, and so I don't really feel like I found, you know, expression and being artistic until I was, you know, a little bit older, not a kid. Um, and that was just like so impactful in my kind of way of being and my way of living. Uh, and so I don't know, I saw how much that could impact me in my life. And I really just wanted to share that with others. And uh, I've always just, you know, I felt like the community is if I want to make an impact and actually do something that can, you know, is worthwhile with my life. Uh, for me personally, that's like 
getting other people involved in what I'm doing and helping them find meaning in their life as well. You know, whether that's just like playing with mud or, you know, kind of having a good conversation with people and discussing kind of the struggles and the successes that come along with all that sort of stuff. So, yeah. Nice. That's wild. So, uh, how do you feel so far? Are you like stressed or are you, are you like constantly stressed or are you like not stressed? Like <laughs> we kind of like, t- we mentioned like the money on the West coast, like it takes a lot to, to live in that area. Yeah. Like, is that something that you're worried about? Like how do you like real talk? How do you feel right now? Yeah. Like, with this whole Honestly, transition? I feel really good. Um, you know, I think from my perspective, I was like not making a lot of money uh, out of college, you know, kind of working factory or just like my mm-hmm. job afterwards. Um, you know, I'm privileged enough that I've been able to like kind of make enough at least to get by and afford my rent in my apartment and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. Um, but uh, I think that for me right now, at least I'm feeling really good. Um, uh, going into this, I was really, uh, I really focused on creating a plan that was sustainable Uh, for the long run, I was really trying to think about, you know, okay, if I hit my capacity or I hit this, you know, I'm going to be able to bring in enough to at least pay myself, you know, a livable wage. And then I also really focus on paying my employees really well too. So everybody there is making like, you know, a good money working for me. Uh, and then, you know, making enough at least that the business can put a little bit away. Um, so because we hit that so fast, uh, I'm doing totally fine. I'm doing really good. Uh, you know, everything's kind of hitting the marks that I want to hit. Um, you know, and we're not massive, so it's about a thousand square feet. So it's really not a huge studio. Right. Um, cost us probably about, it was like 30 to $35,000 to really get the studio going. Um, and you know, I'll, you know, I'm always a very open book when it comes to stuff, but we've already pretty much made that back within the first couple months, which is pretty that's amazing. Fantastic. Uh, wow. That's great. And so, you know, now it's just kind of saving a lot of it's going and being reinvested back into the community, though, as well. Um, yeah. You know, this be really my, being my first business and me really learning about, you know, really taking care of a large studio as well or a larger studio than outside of just myself. Um, I'm always kind of putting money back in, whether it's supplies or new tables or, you know, new equipment or things like that for the people. Um, and then I'm kind of keeping my eyes out, too. Uh we have a pretty large wait list already for a membership too. We have like 20 something folks on that. And so uh, eventually I'd like to maybe look at moving into, or maybe expanding to a member space as well. That's a little bigger to kind of accommodate that too. Um, so I'm not rolling in dough, you know, I'm not making a bunch of money or anything, but. Well, uh, we don't expect I'm that, but like. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. not why we're doing it, you know. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, what was I going to ask? I was going to, oh, I was going to ask if you've ever read the book Profit First. I don't know. I don't think I have. Okay. I, I know. I definitely heard of it. But you need to read it. Profit first. Okay. Yeah. And it's one of I'll those books. What's cool about it is that like <laughs> the author is like, here's the deal. In the first, it's like statistically people drop out of a book after the first three chapters. And so he's like, I'm going to tell you everything that's in this book in the first three chapters and then we'll dive deep. So I've only read the first like three chapters, that. but I figured it out. <laughs> so like, yeah, but it's, I mean, it, it it's really good, especially if you're starting a business. I wish that I would have read that before I'd What's had kind like, of the focus. Like what is those three chapters yeah. that you can share with the folks oh, here yeah. that maybe will or won't read it? So essentially what it is, is that 
ideally, instead of paying your bills, you need to be paying yourself first. So it, it kind of like flips the normal reaction to money in backwards. So, so, and, and it doesn't, it's not, it's not focusing on like paying yourself a ton, but it is focusing on basically setting up like five different bank accounts, one for profit, one for bills, one for salary, one for taxes, and then one for expenses, I think. Like just regular random happenings, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I can't remember the fifth one. But um but you know, like dedicating a certain percentage of your earnings to profit. So like I do that via Square. So everything that comes into Square, it goes, I get 5% and put it straight into profit and then yeah. dedicating a certain amount to taxes and not touching it until you have to pay taxes. <laughs> and like, <laughs> you know, and like it goes down the list of basically like splitting all of those incomes, all of your incomes into those separate categories, but making sure that you are actually paying yourself and giving yourself a profit to your business because a lot of people... Oh no! And this is talking. And this I don't know what talking. happened there, by the way. Sorry. Okay. I'm, sure I'm, I'm back, but it's just kind okay. Of your voice is there. I'm sure your video up. will catch up. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, and it's basically like saying, because like when I started my business, I was like, oh, I'm gonna put all this money like back into the business, blah blah blah. But I just like so far deep into debt and didn't have like any money. You were kind of an afterthought. You didn't prioritize your own yeah supporting yourself yeah and so that kind of like makes it so that you basically do that first and you always have a little bit and it's mostly kind of like hey even if you have a thousand bucks in profit that's still a thousand dollars like you still made (laughs) you still like made a thousand dollars you know so Yeah. Thank you. No, I'll definitely be looking into that for sure. I think something too with the business and, you know, uh, that I'm kind of trying to treat it as too is I'm pretty lucky that this is definitely a passion project of mine. Uh, This is something I care a lot about beyond, uh, you know, I would be lying if I said, uh, or I wouldn't be lying. I don't know how to say, but making money is not my end goal of this business. I guess I should say, you know, sustainability is part of it and that's built in because that's what makes it possible to do in the long run and kind of reach those goals but you know at the end of the day uh you kind of like what you said like you have to take care of yourself before you can actually make the cool all the cool shit happen right yeah so you got to take care of all that stuff going on uh which is what you know that's kind of a big thing that i try to build into my business plan and what i'm doing um and then from there uh you know we can start doing the stuff like that's kind of the big reason i'm doing all the uh, the residencies and the internships and things like that is uh you know my real big Thing I'm trying to do here is really impact community and impact culture, uh, especially here in Portland. You know, I think that uh, I'd like to see the Portland community become more on the map. You know, I see a lot of really good potential uh, from the makers here and from the ceramicists here. Uh, but compared to places, you know, like North Carolina or stuff like that, uh, we're definitely not up there on the books. And I, I'd like us to, you know, over time, really find that voice for ourselves and find that cultural impact in the world of ceramics uh, and art in general. And, uh, you know, I'm not necessarily trying to be the artist that's making that statement, but if I can be somebody that can help generate a culture that produces those artists, that produces those pieces of work that are going to have, you know, cultural significance and impact, that's kind of where I, you know, really like to be at the end of the day, you know, 10, 20 years down the line. Um, you know, I look at places like the Michiana Pottery Tour and things like that. And, uh, 
you know, that sort of stuff is really amazing seeing all that work and like, you know, the legacy and the history of the culture that's going on ceramics over there. Um, right. And the West and Coast so doesn't have any of that. Like that yeah. Right. What's up? Like we could have, you know, a lamb at pottery tour or something like that. You know, like, I just yeah. think that, um, you know, I think especially people kind of, you know, I'm younger, I'm 25 right now. Uh, and I know a lot of other really amazing folks that are, you know, around my age and these younger makers that really have some really unique uh, things to say and are also just really good artists and are really amazing at making work. Uh, and I think that uh, if we play it right and we do our thing, you know, I think that we can really push to put ourselves on the map and really have a voice in the conversation that's going on in contemporary ceramics and, and in the art world as well. Uh, and that's kind of where why I really focus on the residencies and stuff like that is I really want to make sure I'm supporting the fine art that's going on as well as the hobby art, um, you know, cause I'm a potter, uh, you know, I'm more on that craft side of things, but I still do really appreciate uh, the capital A art as you like to say, right? So, um, yeah. Yeah, I was wondering if the, like, do you think there's, are there reasons or factors that you think uh, contribute to why the West Coast is still catching up? Is it just a, I mean, obviously you haven't been in it too long, but like, yeah, I would, I would suspect that like the cost of living and how expensive classes are and spaces available, like, like, like buildings are not cheap. So I would guess there's no like oh, totally, yeah. huge studios that can offer what they can at a reasonable price without going under in a short amount of time. Cause it's just hard to keep up with it. Is that. Is that like realistic or is that not kind of accurate from my hypothesis? Oh, there we go. Hey, I'm sorry about that. Hey, you're back. <laughs> I did not know what was going on. Uh, Skype was just giving me a hard time. For just a second. You're back. You're back. Uh, I really liked your question, too. I was listening uh, as you're talking about the cost of living uh, and the things like that. Yeah, I was I was hypothesizing that the cost of living is part of the reason that like you know you're in the younger demographic you're 25 but also like i think it's to me it seems like cost of living and space for studios to offer what they can at affordable rates for people that are still like growing and figuring things out like it's really expensive craft to do oh, yeah. so you know, i wonder yeah. if that's part of the reason that it's like doesn't have this long history and just you know, it, this revolving kind of growth over time. Yeah. I don't know. And I mean, I think that's definitely part of it. I think that, you know, some of the biggest reasons I think that the West Coast and, and kind of these areas have struggled is, uh, firstly, it's definitely a cost of living. I think that, you know, being a potter is not usually about making money. I think the people you see that are really succeeding over here are people that are doing uh, either really good on like Instagram and are able to really find that market outside of the West Coast uh, or create things like that. And I think that like, you know, when you start going bigger like that and you start working online, uh, your market becomes more global or national. And so you don't really start to define, you know, the voice of that individual area, you know, compared to these local makers that are like really big parts of their community. I think, too, uh, if you're a local maker doing stuff like that, it's pretty hard, I think, to make a good living, uh, at least here. You know, you really have to take time. And I think, you know, I think you're, you know, y'all have been making Oh, did it stick again, Becca? Yeah. Oh. Should we just I'm do so it? Sorry. No, you're good. You're good. I don't know why it's doing that. If, <laughs> it, if it's going in and out too much, you can just turn the video off and we and the audio's 
audio is most important, obviously. But I'll do that. Yeah. I'll do that. And we'll just see if the connection stays consistent. Yeah. And should we all? Should we turn them all off? Would that help? I have good internet, so I think it's a Skype. It's just sometimes weird for me too. So, hmm. um, but I think too, uh, kind of going on to that point is that uh, um, that cost. I think it takes like a solid like ten years or so really to start to create. You know, really find that voice in that craft and to find that following and things like that. And uh, to spend five to 10 years just like working at an art form that's not going to be paying you that much, like that's a long time to dedicate to something without having that support. Uh, so either, you know, you got to live somewhere where the cost of living is low enough and you can maybe have some property or something like that where you can actually go and make this art. Um, so I think that that's kind of one of the biggest issues here, too, is that um, and I think, too, uh, traditionally, uh, I think the East Coast is a little bit. You know, I think there's a lot more natural resources and natural pottery made in the East Coast. You know, if you look at like kind of the clay deposits and some other, you know, minerals that are available in these places, especially to, you know, local potters, uh, it's a lot nicer in a lot of those places. Uh, you know, North Carolina kind of is what I always come back to, but you know, like you have Starworks over there that's making all their local clay from around the area uh, and things like that that are just, I'd love to have resources like that over here, but I don't even know if they really, you know, even exist, uh, you know, on the side of the continent. Um, and I think, too, it's just, you know, you look back to that kind of big movement of studio potters and, and just potters as artists kind of coming out in the 1950s and 1960s. And that was an East Coast thing as well. You know, you know, maybe some stuff in California, things like that. But a lot of that culture really started in, you know, you've got Alfred University uh, up in New York and you look at some other places over on the East Coast. And that's really where uh, a lot of people started taking that seriously as an art form. Uh, and I think it's slowly migrating over here. Uh, people are definitely into it. You know, uh, people definitely love pottery over here, but uh, learning to appreciate that art form and, and learning how to create a supporting, you know, practice with that, too, can be pretty difficult as well. So, yeah. Yeah. I have an opinion on this as well. I'm uh, curious. Yeah. I mean, you were you weren't too far. You're just outside Seattle. So, yeah. So I was outside Seattle and it's interesting that the um, I've always said, OK, I've always said this about the West Coast versus the East Coast, and I will continue to say this, uh, even if it proves me wrong, probably, is that uh, people from the West Coast are pretty, ride this wave with me, they're pretty shallow, they're shallow, but they're really nice, and people on the East Coast are not very nice, but they're not shallow, so, like, so, like, uh, the East Coast community is, like, everything to them. You know, so, mm -hmm. like, once you're in, you're fucking in for life. Life. <laughs> yeah. And the West Coast community doesn't matter as much to them. It's more about the individuality, and it's more about, like, charging your own path, essentially. And yeah. they're nice to you. They're, like, immediately nice to you because they're mm -hmm. really friendly. But they're not going to they're not gonna invite you into their space quickly. So, um that's i think i there were so many potters around me when i was in monroe and i met maybe two of them like the amount of people that just work by themselves and don't talk to anybody yeah. is insane no yeah. in no, that area uh, yeah it's like you're definitely on something yeah yeah like up and down the coast of, of washington and oregon there's probably 50 50 plus potters like, oh, yeah, even more. Definitely even more. Hundreds, I think. Yeah, you know? hundreds. There's, like, like country pottery mm -hmm. is rampant in the fucking Oregon coast. It's insane. It's, like, 
It's almost <laughs> like there's too much of it, but nobody talks to each other. They just like, yeah. they just like do their shit. They're all, a lot of them are old men and, or, <laughs> or like old yeah. women and they just do their shit. They sell their shit. People know, and they come to Cannon Beach because like Susie makes pottery in Cannon Beach and I always get a mug yeah. from her every year. And so that's the type of like, that's the type of people you're dealing with there. So they're not really like looking. I, in my opinion, I don't think they're really looking for a community. I think they're looking to just be hermits in the woods. And (laughs) that's kind of the Oregon hippie vibe, right? You know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's like the Oregon, like, (laughs) like my favorite, my favorite, uh, fucking pottery store is in Oregon. And of course I'm blanking out on the, Mossy Creek Pottery. Mossy Creek Pottery is in Oregon. It's like under Lincoln City. And literally, okay. you, you you can barely see the sign to it. It like yeah. is in the woods and it takes a mile to get off this freeway that there's like a one foot sign. And like, I mean, the work there is phenomenal. It's yeah. They just don't want to talk to you. <laughs> I think I, I think it's interesting what you're saying, too, because I think like I agree with you in the sense like there's a lot of really great work. And I think there's a lot of traditional ceramics here or people that have been doing it for a yeah. while. Uh, but they're kind of doing their thing. You know, like I was talking to earlier about that Andy guy. Right. Like he's kind of just yeah. off doing his thing. Right. That's kind of like literally what I said in the beginning of this thing. Right. And yeah. uh, I feel like there's a bit of a gap, too, between some of the older folks and then kind of the people of my generation. I don't really meet a lot of people in between. So, yeah. you know, I'm not exactly sure what the zeitgeist was going on during that time, you know, but I uh, yeah. I see a big rise in craft and making right now kind of in my time. And then there was a big then. But, you know, 80s, 90s, early, early thousands, you know, I'm not sure yeah. what was going on there. But at least over here, it seems like I just don't meet as many potters, you know. I mean, of course, there are ceramicists here that that are from those eras and those times. But at the same time, uh, yeah, you know. A lot of folks are kind of just they want to branch out and do their own thing. And that's kind of a big reason I wanted to start the studio as well was that, you know, creating community that branches into other communities as well is a big part of kind of what I'm trying to do, too. You know, like really, uh, I think that a lot of ceramic studios here kind of stick to themselves. Uh, and I've been trying to like really as much as I can, you know, connect with other people and other studios and just other things happening to build that rapport and to build that culture uh, like kind of, you talked about that, that group, right. That you kind of see on, that you're saying you see on the East coast and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, it seems yeah. like there's kind of this in crowd, not like in crowd, not like, you know, not like they're kicking people out or being super exclusive, but it's like, you know, you kind of start seeing these names go around and they all circle around each other, you know, which is kind of cool. Yeah. So, you know, I see people in your podcast and others, and it's like, then you start hearing names and looking up stuff and you just see that they're all kind of, you know, you're all swirling around each other doing stuff. And I don't see that. Uh, as much over here and my hope is that we can start you know generating that sort of culture over here because yeah. uh, obviously you get really great work out of it so yeah you know. it's a very guarded people in portland and seattle and those areas are very private you know and i when i was in when i was in seattle area and like went to you know the studios and went to tacoma clay art center and all that shit I I think it took them a while for somebody to to meet somebody like me who's like very open to just like 
let's let's communicate let's yeah, you're talk chatting you're talking you're open right i yeah. think that you're not secluding yourself you know yeah. and i try to be that way too you know but that's what i appreciate even like hearing y'all talk and becca too as well as kind of like you always seem like you know uh if you're at a convention or i don't know anywhere like you some people are going to know you because you're willing to actually talk with people and yeah. maybe you know it's kind of like if you look i when i was in the sciences you know people are like kind of that classic you know there's some of that classic like oh you know the nerd kind of like keeping quiet kind of keeping their head down doing their thing and there's some people that are definitely like that too and of course there's not but like it's the same kind of deal of like yeah i think with artists and things like that and crafts people uh some people really have to keep to themselves uh but at the same time i think you know it's like they want to be part of a community and maybe they're just not used to that as well and so like showing people that like you can be part of a community people aren't just going to steal your artwork or something too or people aren't just right. going to take everything you know, it's like you're going to be valued as an individual and not like lost in the crowd, too. Like you're going to be uplifted by everybody being around you instead of, you know, blending into that that sea of, of the voices happening there. So, yeah, which, you know, maybe fears that these people have as well. Yeah. That's what's interesting. the what's the population of your um, your studio like? Is it a lot of folks around your age? Is it like yeah. late twenties, thirties? Do you have some older folks around, or like? It really, really spans. So uh, I do have some folks my age that are in here. I'd say the average is probably like thirty to forty, maybe. I honestly, it's really I'm like I've really lucked out that I have a very diverse uh, group that's here at my studio, at least for members and for students. Um, you know, I think that. Uh, I didn't know what I see more people my age or not, but I think I've met some people and so have some members here that have been potters for like 20, 30 years, things like that. And I have some people that just started in my first class uh, in July um, and are, you know, making some really cool stuff and kind of working in that group. Um, and they're all kind of, they're really spanning a lot of different ages as well. Um, I was, I was thinking about that a little bit ago, like what is my, you know, audience like, and it's, it's kind of everyone, which is maybe just a pottery thing now. You know, I think it's, yeah. I'm lucky enough that I think right now craft culture and pottery culture is huge. You know, we got like Seth Rogen making stuff and we got, you know, all this stuff going on. And, uh, you know, we got SNL making skits and things like that, too. It's <laughs> like people know that pottery exists. Right. And uh, everybody's kind of wanting to get into it um, kind of regardless of uh, kind of their age. Now, I do have to say, I think that, you know, one of the biggest issues in ceramics is, you know, accessibility from a money perspective as well. So most folks that are in the studio can't afford the either class you know class cost or the uh membership cost which is something that is always kind of a tough uh edge to be on too because of course i want it to be accessible to everyone but i also do need the business to be sustainable uh, which is why i'm trying to do the bipoc scholarship and the residencies and internships yeah. and things like that but you know uh so i think it's more of a socioeconomic kind of divide <laughs> a lot of the time for craft which is kind of rough sometimes uh, especially when you know, I think there's going to be a lot of great voices in ceramics, no matter what kind of background you come from with that sort of thing. So, Yeah, it, it's super frustrating that it's such a privileged art. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, it's just like you have to have money to do it. And Well, I mean, you don't have to, but you have to either have money or a lot of creativity. Creativity yeah. and, and scrappy and, and like scrappy. willing oh, yeah. to like deal with. You know, I'm sure there's a lot of those, like, I don't know the... Are the are the students that you have there? Are they just doing it for fun? Do they do it as like an escape? Do they do it as a side hustle? And they're trying to, you know, just they need a spot to use a bunch of equipment that they can't afford to have, or they don't have the space mm -hmm. for it. Or yeah, 
And I think it's, I think majority of folks, because I don't really, you know, the studio isn't set up for production use because it's smaller. So I'm not, you know, people can make quite a bit and they're welcome to sell and do whatever they want. Um, like last weekend, we had our first studio sale where I just let members, you know, put work out, sell work. And, you know, I didn't take any of the profits or anything from that. I'm just letting them do their thing. And we promoted mm -hmm. it for them and stuff. Uh, and that's where we did that BIPOC uh, raffle as well. Um, but I think the majority of people are coming in here as like an escape. I think that's really what it is, yeah. you know, is that sort of escape or that hobby, um, which is, you know, kind of that space I'm trying to make for people. Um, and most people that can afford to do something like that, whether it's time or money are going to be people, you know, that have some, <laughs> some time and money, right. To do that as well. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I couldn't, I don't think that like, well, I mean, if I was right now in my life, I couldn't afford to take classes. I don't think. Uh, I mean, I never, like, the only reason I could afford my first class is because I was a student, you know, and I had loans and everything, but it made it a lot cheaper for me to take because I was a student there. And then the only yeah. way I've ever accessed clay has been through my career and my job. You know, it's either been, uh, I either luck out by somebody, you know, giving me a wheel, right? But that still cost me a lot of money. I was pretty broke that entire summer. That's kind of where that heirloom thing comes from, too. Um, uh, eating tomatoes all summer long. It's all I could really, <laughs> really eat <laughs> after I got my wheel and everything. Um, but you know, or, you know, I got a job working in a factory and I was able to use their kilns on the weekends or I was working at a studio and doing stuff like that. So, you know, I'm like very privileged and fortunate now that, you know, it's my space and I'm able to kind of, you know, I'm the one that has that at the end of the day, but you know, it's only really been through my working that I've been able to afford that sort of stuff. I think as a leisurely activity, uh, I definitely would not, you know, have the money to be able to do something like that which is always i don't know it's kind of weird to kind of sit on that that side you know but if you love it so much you kind of do tend to find a way to somehow you know afford it in one way or another you know whether it's your time or you know your career or whatever it might be so it's funny because um i was just thinking about this the other day that uh now that i'm in like year 10 or 12 or whatever year I'm in yeah. of doing this like in the first I would say in the first seven years I spent so much goddamn money on like tools oh. and, <laughs> and like shit that I just didn't need you know yeah and I mean well I guess I did need it but I I didn't you know and now that I have everything that I need I spent like four hundred dollars last year on ceramic supplies like that's insane yeah I spent literally no money on ceramic supplies and because of my studio setup right now, which is great, I don't spend any money on, on uh power because he takes yeah, care of the power. But I mean like yeah. we did get a rent hike, but it it's still it but yeah. I, I think <laughs> about like the expenses that you make like when you're in your position right now and yeah. then to what we are in right now because i i feel like you're the same too ryan like we spend very little money just generally on our business because we have everything that we need and um but when you're in a position like you where you're like constantly having students members constantly somebody's like we need another wheel. We need this. We need this. Right. Like yeah. you're just you know, they spending want, they, you know I just so... wouldn't pick that up spent couple hundred bucks on underglaze yesterday, you know, for people because I wanted them to have some stuff to play with and, you know, things yeah. like that. It's like, you know, you're trying to give them a good experience, but it's going to, you know, yeah, it costs a lot. Ceramics is not cheap, you know, for it all is, that, all yeah. that fun stuff that they get to use. So, and I would suspect yeah. a lot of those materials are 
tougher to come by in the West Coast or more expensive or no? It's pretty it's pretty easy for the most part. Okay. Uh, I can get pretty much everything I need. We have like I use like Georgie's supply for a lot of stuff just because they're local. It's but you, know, you can get most stuff online, too. OK. Yeah. yeah. And I do like I do all my glaze making as well. So like everything's a house glaze that I make because, you know, I love I'm a big nerd for all the chemistry stuff. That's like uh, I teach workshops and do a lot of things on that. Um, I think that's kind of where like my big love for the, the craft comes from. Um, so that does save me some money just by like knowing how I can make glazes. You know, we got like we got like this custer feldspar going out, of, you know, going away. So I can like figure some of that out or, you know, uh, maybe I don't want to use lithium anymore, you know, stuff like that. So <laughs> I can figure out how to do that sort of stuff. I, save us I some have, money too. I have so many people I want to connect you with because you're such a, a nerd in the chemistry. Andrew Linderman, <laughs> I think, is your like soul, um, your like soul pottery mate. You. Yeah. Because he used to be a chemistry teacher. Did you oh, know that, Ryan? Okay. I yeah. didn't. Oh. Yeah, he used to be a high school chemistry teacher, right? Yeah. Really? And sometimes I love his pots too, so I love Andrew so much. And sometimes I forget that he's as smart as he is because he's so goofy. And like the other like I was at his house and he was just he just fucking he was sanding pots and he rigged this system where he just had a bucket of water and he, and he like siphoned out a hose and it just like auto drips onto the, the (laughs) pots while he's sanding. And I was like, what the fuck? And he's like, well, it's above, it's the gravity above. And I'm like, Oh God, I forgot that you're so fucking smart. Like Mm -hmm. he's yeah, he's a very, very smart. Funny. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'd love to. You know, I'm always trying to meet new folks. I think uh, the bigger the community, the better. You know what I mean, too. You so should I'm do a John Britt workshop. Oh, I'd love that. Oh, that's no, don't, don't worry. That's on my. Uh, that is a, a life goal of mine is to meet that guy. Uh, he's definitely been a huge inspiration for some of the stuff I do, and I, uh, I love. I've learned a lot from him too, from his books and uh, some more. You know, watching some seminars that he's given and some stuff like that too. Uh, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is a uh, that is definitely in the in the. Uh, Maybe in the next couple of years or something, I can pull something like that off. So, yeah. My yeah, friend still just travels did that. and does some workshops. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I heard, didn't you do a, you did a, uh, the Beals just did one, right? I believe. And I yeah, think yeah. it was me. It was the Beal Pottery. And now, um, now John Britt and Eric Beal are besties. So, yeah. And there's John Britt's not amazing, far, right? Cool stuff. Yeah. I think he's out. Is he over here in the Midwest somewhere? I don't know. I can't remember where he's at, but I don't I'll think look he's it up. too far. Yeah. No, I was curious. Are there, as you're as you're building this, are there other studios local to you that you can kind of um, use as as kind of comparison a little bit, see how they run things, or kind of yeah. Are there have there been other ones that have popped up and closed mm-hmm. or moved or that kind of give you some sense of a a template or uh, something to compare to, to kind of make yeah. better choices or different choices or what you want or don't want. Definitely. So, uh, you know, I was working at that studio before. Um, and then basically before I opened this space, I went and did a couple informational interviews with a couple different owners. Uh, so I did an informational interview with that owner. Uh, it was called elemental studios. Um, I did a couple other informational interviews with some other people kind of uh, North Carolina. Okay. Yeah, like I said, North Carolina is the best place for clay, you know? It's got John Britt. Like, uh, John, Brit, John Britt's in you know? North Carolina. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, 
but you know, I just kind of looking stuff up too and figuring out as I go along. Um, cause right now we do classes, we do, so we do eight week classes. Um, and then we do monthly memberships and I just do month to month, you know, I don't do a contract. Um, I want people to really just, I want it to be easy and accessible. And then I include all my glazes, you know, I include all my firings and everything too. And then we do workshops as well. Um, when we have time, um, my resident artist is also doing a, a uh, eight week, like sculpting workshop because he's like, he does sculpting and things like that too. So we're always kind of offering stuff. Um, but you know, I think that. I think most studios are run somewhat similarly. You know, it's kind of that membership class sort of thing. Uh, and then from there, you decide like how much of a finger do you want to have on people? Uh, and a big part of my role has kind of been, you know, I think we're all adults and I think we can all kind of handle ourselves. You know, I'm not having kids in the studio. It's a 16 plus studio. So, um, you know, everybody is very responsible for what they're doing. And if there is an issue, you know, I always chat with people, but um, there really hasn't been too many issues. You know, I think that if you treat people respectfully, they're going to respect you and, you know, they're going to respect the space that they're in and take some ownership in that as well. Um, and I'm sure there'll be issues in the future that I'll have to deal with. But at the same time, I think that people really appreciate that, you know, me not micromanaging them and telling them what to do uh, and things like that. You know, I just say, hey, make sure to leave some space so I can do this or, you know, put the things here that need to go here and they'll go through. Um, but I think, too, something, you know, especially in the Portland area, I'm not sure what it's like where y'all are at or what you've seen, but there's a lot of new studios kind of popping up too. You know, I'm definitely not the only one. I think I, I got in in a good spot in a good place when I needed to. There's like not many studios around where I'm at. Uh, I don't know how well you know Portland, but I'm kind of far Southeast Portland, kind of right on the border of the city between okay. like, I live in in the suburbs in a, in a city called Tigard, uh, outside of, it's outside of like Selwood area of Portland. Mm -hmm. um, and there's more stuff kind of as you go north into the city by the river and things like that. Um, but there's a lot of other studios kind of popping up and people are making it, Seems like they're making it happen, you know. Uh, this is kind of where it comes into me trying to chat with people and meet them, and not everybody always wants to talk all the time, too, you know. Um, kind of like what Becca was saying is, and I think people see things as competition sometimes and things like that, too. But I think, you know, if you're doing a good job and you're taking care of your community, I don't think you're going to be, you know, really losing anybody. Um, yeah. But, you know, honestly, even around here, at least, and, and maybe it's just going to be the culture around the states and stuff, too, but I think, uh, Kind of the micro studio uh, seems to be coming more popular. I think that uh, when you start getting big and creating these big ceramic institutes and things like that, it takes a lot of, I think I've talked with one of my friends about this, but a lot of calories to feed that beast, you know? Yeah. Uh, and these things are a little more approachable and a little more sustained by the direct communities around them. You know, most people that come here are probably within like five to 10 miles of the studio. Uh, and they just, you know, it's pretty amazing that many people that want to be involved in something like this, you know, enough that we got people waiting. Uh, for a while for something like that. Uh, so yeah. I'm curious to see where that'll go to. Um, and I'm always checking in, you know, I got friends in the industry and some other owners that are friends of mine and we're always kind of chatting here and there. Um, but, you know, I kind of based my initial plans off of, you know, how can I, like, what's a sustainable way to have a class and have a membership and then kind of build out from there. Uh, and I think that it's just kind of, you know, I think you were saying earlier, right? I'm like, Potters are kind of gritty. They're kind of, you know, intuitive, right? You kind of, you figure out how to make it work. You know, you always kind of do. And I think that's kind of what we're doing here as well. So. Yeah. Oh, I just had something in my brain. Ah. Oh, I was going to ask you something. Oh, wait. Oh, yeah. I was going to say it's, um, first of all, I think that you're very, I, I want to say that you you sound extremely like, intuitive as far as business goes <laughs> the fact that you, you even have a business plan puts you leaps and bounds ahead most people 
Um, second, I think it's interesting that like you're talking about the micro studios and I'm just curious if you have like a top, like a, a, a peak like a, uh, what's, what am I saying? Like, uh, like what would be your ideal? Roof. Like what's the roof? What's the, yeah, like, definitely. I think, uh, so for me, you know, we have a lot of people still in the solid area that are looking, especially for membership. So I'd like to open another space. Uh, that can accommodate as much of that as I can. Um, but I'm not trying to push that and oversaturate just space. I think that, you know, when I think of a roof, I'm not necessarily thinking about just studios, but also, you know, other kind of artistic endeavors. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, I think one more space at least is something I'd be interested in because it's just going to make the business more sustainable in the long run, too. Um, but, you know, after that, you know, it might be having a little, you know, a little gallery or, you know, having some other sort of venture that is somewhat related to it and like part of, the business and part of what we're doing, but not 100% the same. Uh, a big thing for me, and this is something I don't see a lot, is being a huge blazer and being a huge into materials and the material sciences. Uh, I'd love to have like you know uh, a test studio or a lab or something like that where people can actually you know be members there or something like that. Where it is like ceramic, uh, it is involved in ceramics, but the goal there is you know maybe we have a massive library of materials that you can purchase like actual small amounts of, you don't have to go out and buy like a 50 pound bag of EPK to have some stuff sitting around mm -hmm. uh, and you can purchase and you can test. And then, you know, having, you know, electric firings, having some gas frying, maybe even having some atmosphere stuff going on. Um, you know, that's kind of another part of that goal is instead of just trying to think about studio expansion, I really want to think about, you know, stuff that is complementary to what we're doing instead. And so I don't see necessarily a ceiling for that, you know, because eventually that builds into, you know, you know, what am I, am I selling my own glazes? Am I selling my own supplies? Am I doing this and doing that as well? Um, and that's just kind of further down the line. But in terms of purely a ceramic studio and offering classes and memberships, I definitely think that, you know, one to two more spaces max to me, especially in this area is really what I want to do. I really value uh, like really giving people a good class too. I only do seven people in my classes. So it's seven people and a teacher uh, and they're three hours long. Um, and so that really gives me a lot of time to go one-on-one -on -one with people and not feel like I'm rushing between students and things like that. Uh, so that's something that is really valuable to me. You know, um, speaking of books, I just read a book recently called, uh, what is it? Unreasonable Hospitality. I don't know if y'all have heard of that, heard of that book mm -hmm. at all. Um, it no, was by the guy, have you heard of Eleven? Yeah, it's a, oh, I can't remember the author right now. Uh, but, uh, he was the manager of 11 Madison park, which is like the number one restaurant in the world for a little bit over in New York. And he just talks about how, uh, like they're kind of, have you ever seen the bear? Have you yes. seen that show? I was, that, that's yeah, all thinking so when you're talking. Yeah. That's like that. That's like, the, that's supposed to kind of be that restaurant in there, but they're more, he's more of the front of the house. It's not really about being in the kitchen and stuff like that. Um, but he talks about, you know, what is hospitality and how do you go out of your way and how do you make people like what, how are you curating this experience to really make something special for people? Thank you. Yeah. Will, um, Will Gadara. Um, and so, uh, you know, I really, really appreciate that book because in my opinion, you know, what I'm doing here is hospitality. It's about giving people a good time. You know, part of that is helping people make good pots. I think a uh, core to any studio is you need some good pots coming out of there, right? You don't want just a bunch of bad pots coming out all the time. You need some good stuff. Uh, but the other part of that too is really, you know, how can I make people feel seen, feel heard, feel like they're growing and, you know, really give them a really unique and uh, really good experience. Uh, part of that too is like with our classes, 
Uh, we're open like 6 a.m. to 2 a.m. every day of the week. There's like we kind of have a code on the door. I'm not there the whole time, but uh, students can come in anytime, uh, basically outside of the other class hours that are going on. Uh, so they feel like they can actually be valued and get the time. And if I'm there, you know, I'm always chatting with them, answering questions, helping them out, uh, kind of being a steward of the space as well. Um, and so that's kind of been a big thing, too, is I think that if we were to get too big, I wouldn't be able to really provide that experience for people and make sure that they feel like, you know, I want you to feel special when you're in this space. Right. You know, I think that we're lucky enough to do pottery and it is kind of a luxury business. You know, I think at the end of the day, like it is we, we're here, you know, the prices are a bit higher uh, than, you know, let's say like a knitting class or something like that. Right. Uh, and you should yeah. be valued based off of what you're doing, too. I think you should be taken care of really well. Uh, and I mean, personally, I don't think I, if it was a knitting class, too, I'd be taking really good care of you. You know, I think that's just kind of a personal philosophy as mine as well. Um, and I think that that really reflects in people's enjoyment of what they've been experiencing so far. And I think that's been a big part of my success as well is really making sure people feel seen and feel special while they're in the space. And I don't want to lose that. I really don't. You know, so I'm very selective on the people that I choose to hire as well. The people I know that that have those same philosophies and that are able to kind of keep that going. Um, and, you know, that's kind of my goal in the future is to really create a, you know, a space where you really uh, feel special. And you also get to grow. People are getting better quicker and they're making better art because of that, too, I think. So, yeah. What up, home skillets? So um, we're interrupting this time because we couldn't interrupt it at the time of the time. So I wanted to talk to you about the LNL thermal couple guard because that's my favorite part of the, the new kilns is that you know how like when you have a normal thermal couple it just like sticks out and it's just like out there all willy-nilly in front of god and everybody you know and it just has no protection at all well on the new thermal couples in the lnl kilns they have a cool guard, and it's almost like a PVC pipe type thing, but it's ceramic, obviously. But it's kind of like a tube that surrounds the thermocouple, and what it's doing is that it's protecting it from any damage that might happen, so it'll get damaged before the thermocouple actually gets damaged. And also, what I think is really, really great is that none of the black, dusty stuff that happens to quite literally every thermocouple, whether you get it from one kiln company or the other, um, it degrades and it starts to like kind of crumble and fall. And that guard is actually going to catch all those little black crumblies. And that, in my opinion, is the coolest thing about the new LNLs because I haven't seen a thermocouple guard like that in any other kiln. And I just think that that's so nice. Like, what's great about it is that, you know, you have to protect three thermocouples. You're not just, because there is zone control, you're not just protecting one thermocouple. You have to protect three. And that just kind of takes the worry out of it all. So you can go to hotkilns.com and see what I am talking about and find all of the LNL awesomeness that you want. Uh, they have an fantastic website that has all of the things you need and also it has a great troubleshooting area as well i've used it many a times even for my kiln that's not lnl so yeah let's get back to our regular program i had a question i'm curious if you had to if you had to uh, choose between, or if you had, to, let's not say choose between, but if you had to rank yeah, between yeah. like 
managing the business and people uh-huh versus teaching versus the i want to say like curating a gallery or the selling aspect yeah like how would you kind of prioritize that personally in terms of like my enjoyment and yeah. things, maybe teaching is number one for me so uh definitely i've kind of thought about this for a while but it kind of harkens back to what i said of uh Pottery, the pots are kind of an excuse, <laughs> you know, it's like the dark secret, you know, uh, I love making pots. I'm always working, always playing, really inspired by the artists, but uh, teaching others is really where I find a lot of joy and kind of meaning in my life. Uh, and that's, um, that's definitely number one for me. Um, you know, I'm, I'm the one that's teaching the beginner classes. Uh, I actually have my other instructors teach my intermediate classes uh, because I kind of want to be the person that if you're new to the, you know, new to the craft and new to the art that you get to really see uh and feel welcomed and stuff like that and i really mm -hmm. value that and i just love seeing people grow too you you're know? also I think like that, the face of the studio so you're kind of yeah i think a in a way a little bit into, yeah hey this is what i created this is what is here for you and available exactly mm -hmm. i'm not really trying to make it about me either i know it's like kind of silly to say but you kind of have to be the face of what you're doing as well you know people are going to see you when you do it but it's not you know i'm not trying to push my own art practice or anything like that through the studio i'm really trying to push other folks but I think at the end of the day, when you're the one putting a lot of the effort into it and the one that's really making it happen, you do become kind of a face of it as well. Um, and then after that, I'd say it probably goes teaching and then making art and then running the business. Uh, <laughs> I love okay. making my pots. Uh, and I like, I mean, I like it all, right? But I think at the end of the day, you know, uh, the business aspect is what makes it doable. Uh, and like, I, I enjoy it, but the money, making money doesn't really bring me nearly as much happiness as, you know, the other two um do mm -hmm. and so that's kind of where that lines up um if that kind of answers the three kind yeah, of subjects you were talking it's about tough yeah. because you have you have to make the money to make it work long term you have to sustainable so yeah you have to you know you can't just be like oh well i just want to have as many people here as possible no because i could cram everybody in and then nobody's gonna have a good time i'm gonna be stressed as a teacher i'm gonna be stressed as a business owner people probably gonna get mad at you. i don't know you know bad stuff happens when that goes yeah. down um, and it's like, I was kind of, you know, that's kind of where like making money is, you know, the sustainability is important, but it's not the goal. I think a lot of businesses, you know, this is getting a little philosophical, right? But a lot of the businesses in America and a lot of like kind of capitalistic stuff is very, I, my end goal is to make as much money as I can, you know, and I get it right. That's like security, that's safety, that's all that sort of stuff. But I think that we really lose sight of a lot of, uh, meaning when it comes to that too. Uh, and I'm really happy that, you know, being in ceramics, I think people, kind of understand, especially because like, this isn't really the industry to go into if you want to make a bunch of money. Uh, you know, I think some people can do really well, but they're the far and few in between. I think most of us are doing it because we really love it. Or, you know, we find some meaning, or I think personally, it's really the community. You know, I think like Becca, like you had a post, like just, was it yesterday or the day before where you were talking about how much the community means to you and how that's how you find a lot of your meaning and like why you're, why you're in these places that you're in. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. I think that, I mean, you could ask a bajillion, I mean, Rachel says this all the time, she's like, there's nothing like the ceramic community, like, no. there's, it's like this complete lack of competition that's within it, weirdly yeah. enough. At and least like, within the circle I know, that right? we're, we're in and who we're talking to, that's yeah. kind of the experience that I have. Rachel's my wife, by the way. If... Yeah. Oh, yeah, Rachel's yeah. his wife. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know, I know. I know all the lore. I got all that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's like everybody is just rooting for everybody else. And, yeah. 
yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a lot of the reason why you stay where you stay or you go where you go is is exactly. because of the people. Community to me is like, you know, uh, I found my community in pottery uh, and, I'm you know, you two seem like, you know, the same. Like you found the group of people that it's not just, you know, the pots are great and everything. And that's super awesome. Yeah. That's like where we find that commonality. But the community that comes from that is where. Uh, I don't know. That's like where meaning of life kind of comes from at the end of the day for me. I'm like, you know, and what am I doing that? Like, if I were to die tomorrow, <laughs> what would make me somewhat happier, feel like at least I'm trying to do the right thing for the world in some way or another. And that community building is where I kind of find that for myself, at least. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think when you when you share that, that thread across a lot of people, you know, when somebody needs something or something comes up, you kind of realize like, okay, these are the people that I care about and that I want to like yeah. support and I want to, you know, I want to, I want to keep them doing what they're doing. If they're enjoying it, I don't want something to be limiting to them. Like if they, yeah. if they're really going to that next step and they need help, like I want to do what I can to help. Yeah. yeah. And I think that also when, um, to your point, I think that when you start, if you start like a community studio and your first, your first priority isn't the community, that can tend to backfire on you if, if something happens, you know, yeah. like, because I, I for one, as, as we all know, value community a lot and like shit happens and like, if nobody's there to to be with you when that happens, you're yeah. fucked. Like, oh yeah. Like no the amount of times somebody else has cleaned my studio for me because something was going on, it, I can't even count on my hands. Like it, the amount of people that have come to help me in certain times, and I hope that I have come to help them in certain times. Yeah you know, is just outstanding. Like, I'm so, so fortunate to everywhere that I've gone have had a really good community. And, um, yeah, yeah and if you're not doing, like, what you're doing and, and being, like, community first, like, that's your priority, then it, can, yeah, it can, like, eventually will be fucked. Yeah. <laughs> People know if you care about them or not. You know, they can tell how much you care about them, too. And I think that, you know, if you somebody actually, like, legitimately cares about you, like, I don't know, it kind of sucks. But in the world today, sometimes, like, you don't got that many people that might really, truly care about you, you know? And, like, yeah. I'm pretty lucky that in my space, I can, like, actually really care about these people. And I can really care about their growth and about, you know, uh, about their well-being, even outside the studio. You know, I've had some people really share some very, you know, intimate and really, you know, sad things with me, either going on in their lives or you know, whether it's a student and they're like, you know, you've created a space for me to just for a moment of my week, just get out of the situation that really was just making my life super hard or, you know, hey, this is the place that I come. Like I just lost, you know, I had uh, I had some people that were going through some tough stuff with some jobs. And so it was nice that I was able to kind of give them a space or, you know, maybe uh, for a month, like we chatted, and I was able to help them out for a month or something like that, you know, like creating these things where they still feel accepted and like are able to be in these areas and be in these spaces while, you know, you feel supported. Cause it's not, you know, it's not just about me making money. It's about being part of that space. And so, you know, everybody yeah. really takes that to heart too. And I think that then they all 
support each other. You know, the thing that's made me happiest is, you know, I'll be in that space and I'm kind of you as the owner and the person really setting it up, you set a tone and kind of that vibe. Um, but the people from there, you know, end up taking care of each other too. You know, I've had some members that, you know, they've become pretty good friends already. Um, I had heard somebody say like, you'll know you're really set up when like, you know, two of your members like end up getting like, like start dating or get married or something like that. So that hasn't happened yet, but you know, that's it. <laughs> we'll, we'll see, you know, down the line, you never know. Right. But you know, a little pottery <laughs> wedding or something like that. Right. Um, yeah. but it really is, you know, it's like potter pots are cool. And like, we're living our life and we're making pots and it's like super fulfilling and great, but it's like, at the end, of, we're still living our life and like having a community that's supporting you while you're living versus having something that they don't care. Like, you know, I always want, you know, it's, it's fun to care and actually like, you know, take the time to enjoy living this life together as much as we can, instead of just not caring about anybody else. You know, it's, it's, an, it's like, what else am I supposed to do with this time I got? Right. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think you've got, it sounds like, like, I get, you don't want to be about you, but like, like everything you're saying is, <laughs> is, is, is kind of like, it's kind of like the soul of the building yeah, as well as yeah. like the space it's not they're not coming in and you know they key in and then they go in there and they see signs everywhere that's like remember not to do this and do this and, <laughs> and this is the schedule yeah, yeah, yeah. this is going to happen and make sure you're not here during these yeah. hours because we have this going on like if it's not Sounds all these like things you've been in a studio to make sure or two to yeah. avoid <laughs> around yeah. it creates like like it might not seem like oh just remember like don't forget to wipe your bottoms or like all these little right? things yeah. that add up that just add to like little bitty things of like, oh, I could get in trouble if like I forget to do this thing. Exactly. And then you're like, you, you know? feel micromanaged or you feel like, you know, I, yeah. it, it feels more transactional. Like, exactly. I for this, 100%. And I expect this yeah. rather than like, like you were saying, like, we have mutual respect for each other. We're adults here. Mm-hmm. Like, we're going to make it work. And if something yeah. comes up, they feel, welcome to come talk to you or you can talk to yeah. them and it's and it's it's and not I, so like yeah. you're on a different level of like i'm paying you so you provide this for me exactly i don't like that sort of power dynamic you know and it's like i think at the end of the day like i do have you know power in the space in some way or responsibility as well in that space but i'm not holding it over and i'm not using it to disrespect people or make them feel like i am above them in any way you know um, and so I think too, you know, it's just like, you got to be able to come to a space and just feel like you can't, you are allowed to exist in that space, you know? And I think a lot of times if you're throwing signs up all over the place or this or that, or all these rules, you might not feel like you're allowed to do certain things at the end of the day too. Like, you know, if something doesn't cost me a little more money or I got to go grind a shelf or, you know, whatever, like, oh, I don't care. Like I'm, I'm here making pots all day. Like I'm living the dream. I'm going to be, you know, honest, like I can be doing a lot worse right now. Uh, yeah. You know, if something falls apart or something breaks, it's just mud. You know, that's what I like to say. Like, it's just some mud and dirt and whatever. It's very low stakes, I think. And the moment you start letting that get to your head, the moment the money becomes the sole focus and that starts being what's really the issue and things like that uh, is when I think that you can start kind of losing sight. And I'm fortunate enough, you know, that I'm not, you know, at my wit's end and I'm not like really trying to scrape by and stuff like that. And that is partly why I'm able to kind of behave the way I am but I think part of it too is me going in whether I was making you know just enough to pay rent or you know doing well uh I think that I'm always gonna you know got to come back and kind of realize that that's kind of the way that I need to be thinking when I'm when I'm running this thing and people appreciate that I think so I I had a I I had a friend that I was just thinking about this and I think that it might just be the pinnacle of like 
community in quotes like community uh where i or maybe like the bad i don't know but i had a friend that was <laughs> walking around my studio in like the paint a pot area when i had it and she looked at me and she's like do you always just like take money from your friends and i was like yeah i do like yeah you know like w- when you are in this long enough everybody becomes your friend and everybody just pays you and you're just yeah. like cool <laughs> I, that, I love that i love that everybody becomes your friend when you're in it i really like that a lot yeah yeah and it's just like and, yeah, and it's like but they want to support get, you yeah they get you yeah they want to support really... you and they know that they are contributing to the space that they're making yeah. themselves as well so it kind of becomes exactly a group yeah and 100%, they and yeah you have to get really comfortable with taking money from people that become your friends. <laughs> yeah, you, sometimes you like almost don't want to, you know, but then you're like, oh, yeah. wait a second, I am running a business. I have to do this. Uh, yeah. You know, because if you don't, then it can't exist. And that would suck way worse than, you know, other yeah. things, you know, so, yeah. Oh, I, I have like, an I idea. I have an idea, yeah. and I don't know how, um, if you can put this into play or not, but I I thought about this when I was, uh, don't, this was a, a, a very. I'm always curious, yeah. This was a very short discussion in my brain. Uh, Ryan likes something that you thought about today, or is it has been dwelling for a month? This was like a day thought, um, mm-hmm. and I was, <laughs> and I was like, oh, it'd be so fun to make a paint your own pottery studio, and um, oh my god, uh, paint your own pottery studio, and have it be a fully. Like everybody that joins it as an employee becomes an owner of some sort, essentially. But uh, I, I'll, I can talk about it. But like, like essentially, like you hire somebody within the community um, to baby basically work to buy. So kind of like you oh, will. So almost you like a co-op, but yeah. Yeah. So you hire a manager and after five years that manager becomes the owner and then all the employees are like have a stake in the game too but then but but specifically what i was thinking about was that um uh and i did this with my studio as well is that Mm -hmm. it's really amazing especially in some place like portland to be able to have people that maybe not can't afford a studio or can't afford to like be there to like kind of like your BIPOC scholarship, but instead mm-hmm. have a work swap program where like they clean the floors and for every time they clean the floor, they get an hour of work or, you know, or something like that where it's like a, a swapping situation where, and it's like not, obviously it's not never ending, <laughs> but, <Yeah. laughs> but, but I mean, like that allows you to give a little bit more back to the community or back to somebody in the community that may not be mm-hmm. able to afford it, but then you're also getting something back for it. So like, yeah, yeah. So I had a I guy like yeah. or I had a, a human that, um, was Seb. He, uh, they were like, uh, they never paid for classes or anything like that. And they didn't really take classes, but they mixed all my glazes for me. They cleaned mm-hmm. things. They did all that shit and they came in whenever they wanted to. So, um, yeah, it was kind of like, it was kind of like an internship situation, but yeah. Yeah. 
Anyway, instead I like that of too, having yeah. like a studio tech that does everything, yeah, kind of the grunt work. You kind of, mm-hmm. which I would guess Noah, you're putting that hat on some days and yeah, every, Connor, my 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 resident, my uh, my student resident does a lot of tech work for me as well. But I do everything as well, all this yeah. Yeah, and, and I mean yeah. like it may be one of those situations where it's like a high schooler that would never be able yeah. to afford it, and their well, job yeah. is to clean the floors. And to wipe off all the bats and to clean everything in the glazing area. And, you know, that's anyway, I just because I'm like, I am you like, yeah, yeah, yeah. we are. I get it. So I'm like always trying to get I give everything away. I have an issue. She does. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, I need money, but take this thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I like a lot that you say that too because I was kind of talking about it a little bit earlier, but I'm in the works right now actually with the possible high school internship, and I'm kind of yeah. thinking something very much along those lines. Like, hey, come in. Uh, I'm gonna start you off. Just help me clean the studio, and like that'll be some of the base responsibilities. And then you can come in when you want to make work. And then from yeah. there, being like, okay, I'll teach you how to load kilns. I'll teach you how to make lasers. I'll teach you all this stuff. Um, and it's like you know. I'm still deciding too. So like with my student resident, I have him doing a lot of tech work as well, but uh, I pay him as well because I still really value people getting paid for their, their work and their yeah. time. And so, but obviously you can only do that so much as well. So I'm thinking, especially with a high schooler, we'll kind of see where that goes too. Uh, you know, yeah. I have to check with some labor law things too and make sure I, you know, I'm doing everything right and all that. Uh, but right. um, you know, I'd really would be uh you know, I want to do that sort of work trade kind of thing, you know, and it does yeah. make it more accessible, right? Because sometimes people have time, but they don't have money, they right? Have money. And so that's another yeah. way to, to make that accessible too. Um, I really yeah. like that you say that though, because that's like, you're right, thinking the same way, like you want to just let everybody come and play. I wish everybody could come in and just throw all day, right? But I can't, yeah. I can't do that. <laughs> yeah, like at one point I was like, maybe if I had a list of things that need to be done in the studio and if somebody needed an extra hour in the studio, they just completed one of those items or like a certain item equaled a certain amount of points essentially. And yeah, yeah. Cause like I never had enough money to pay people, but I needed things done and people obviously needed, you know, so it was like, maybe I could, you know, figure this it out. Eh? Yeah. Yeah. And but, I'm sure that could flex a little bit depending on the time of year or, you know, you just yeah. finished a class session. So you have like a deep clean that's yeah worth so much or whatever. Oh, and it's pretty also, busy right now, right? You know, yeah. this part of the year. And then, yeah, exactly. Also, I highly, 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 highly recommend asking your members um, and closing down the studio for like three days and asking your members like after six months if anybody wants to like come in and just help me clean this entire fucking space like yeah yeah yeah. my i had a friend who in their business they would close down for three days and they would just clean and (laughs) yeah and i highly recommend that because as somebody who has had a studio much larger than yours but still uh it can get even if you're keeping it up it still needs a deep clean oh yeah Every yeah, now and then. Yeah. Oh, I see that for sure. You know, and it's nice. I'm lucky enough, like people do a really good job of cleaning up for the most part. And like we have it where people are kind of mopping up around a little bit when they're done just to keep their general space clean. But it gets dusty. It gets dirty. You know, yeah. and, uh, that's where like, you know, I'll come in and do some deep cleans. But 
you do kind of need to do some spring cleaning more than just in the spring. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. What is a... Thank you. If you had to, like, think ahead, like, what what would bring you stress? Like, what part of the business would bring you stress? Like, would you worry about it being, like, at maximum and then you're stressed about how do I go to the next level and what risk is that going to involve or yeah like, are there other stresses that you foresee yeah i think like you know like definitely when i start looking to really seriously expand to another space that'll definitely be like a little bit of an area of turmoil where like i'm going to put a lot of time into that there's only going to be so much time i can put into the space that's already existing and stuff like that too uh so that would definitely be a time uh, we've been lucky so we've been at capacity for like about a month and a half now give or take especially towards the end of like a, a class session when people are really starting to pump out some stuff and, and we were able to meet demand you know i'm running my kilns pretty much every day um so you know i'm able to really pump through those and work through them um and they're not massive i i could i'm, I'm thinking about getting a new uh 1027 i have a 1027 and then which is a i know that y'all are lnl fans over here okay. but i do have a scut <laughs> uh 1027 I mean, i'm looking at getting a new new kiln as well but yeah you live in portland it's like yeah like we were talking about antiki you know? and yeah. he got an lnl but like it yeah, is Henrik kind of was, sacrilege to... was saying that there's basically a scut truck that pulls up to your building yeah. <laughs> you know, like, all right where are we yeah yeah scut? exactly do you yeah, have i mean a they're KM? like they're like 10 minutes away from me do you have a km 1027 or is it a uh is it a cone 8 or is it cone 10 uh let's see i believe it is the cam i believe it's a cone 10 i'm only running okay. cone 6 electric right now um but for studio use i always want to you know, i'm gonna spend a little more to get someone to last me a little bit longer you know well you technically uh, you want a cone 10 for six yeah you, yeah cone eights should only be low for low fire i like you did that analogy a little bit ago of like why would you really want to drive if your car can go 220 do you want to drive your car at 220 you know what i mean right. like not really yeah. you know i like that a lot it's a good analogy i use that with my students sometimes yeah chatting yeah, so you're at a 1027 right now, so that's a 10 cubic uh, foot? 7 cubic foot, and then I have a Crest foot. E23, which was the kiln that was given to me, and that's like a 3.5 cubic foot. And you that's my crest? little guy. That's the one, Chuck. Yeah, I, that's the one that I that's the one I ended up with that I got when I went down to California. So uh, the studio's the first place I was able to fire that thing up. I held on that thing for about a year and a half, two years. Never got to use it. Made it through a couple moves, and... It's doing great though. It's pumping through. I'm getting good nice. firing. Three like, cubic. I mean, three cubic foot can. We were just when we were talking about kiln sizes. We were like, three cubic foot is a nice size for. That's a great size. Oh yeah. Uh, I'm guessing for a community studio, that's a good size too. As long as you have this square. It works. It, it's big enough. It's big enough. You know, I could definitely go with another seven cubic foot. That would be solid. You know, another ten twenty seven or something like that. But uh, but it does enough. We get it through. You know, pieces are probably coming in and out. Uh, within a couple days, which is pretty nice, you know, the backlog ain't too bad. People, I really, that's kind of goes into that little unreasonable hospitality side of it. Um, but my turnover rate is pretty quick uh, with the pieces yeah. too, uh, which it helps me too. It helps people, you know, really get more insight on the work. I got to pump my stuff through too a little quicker. And, um, you know, with classes and stuff too, it helps out. Students are able to see their work come out a little quicker. Uh, we just had our second week of classes this week. Um, and I throw little pots for everybody. We all trim together. Uh, so then I, we basically all trim and I, that way I can show them leather hard and they can actually have an understanding of what that means. Uh, cause I think that's just, that's kind of like, who knows what the heck that means until you really see it. Um, and also and then good luck next week a we centered all, pot. Like, yeah, exactly. So I say, I say, and I, I like, you know, I throw them like 30 seconds, little cups, you know, throw them down, yeah. maybe, you know, a couple hundred grams. 
there may be, I also lift them up. So they're a little funky, right? I don't want them to be perfect, but they're centered enough that you can trim them. Uh, and then, you know, I, that way I can misfire them all this week. We're all going to be able to glaze together next week. And so by week three, they already have an understanding of the full process and they can start kind of managing their own projects as well. Um, you know, as best as they can, you know, but I like to really show them the process as soon as I can. And, you know, cause the goal of that beginner class is just fundamentals. You know, it's, you know, you have enough knowledge now on, on forms and throwing in the process to, if you wanted to go to another studio or, you know, do, you know, go somewhere else or take another class with us, uh, you'll know what you're doing. Right. So kind of create that flow through with, with folks and stuff. So, yeah. Is your Crest electric or is it a cone sitter? They're all electric. Uh, no way am I ever getting a kiln sitter. No way. I'm not messing with that. Brian, I got mad respect. You used to have, do you still use a kiln sitter? No, I no. I haven't had one for a couple of years since I uh, okay. moved to the new house. I haven't had a uh, kiln sitter. But both of us are first, like... a couple hundred like, bucks on a kiln, but... Yeah. Yeah, we, I just... I, I don't I, know. We've both used them over the years, but... Yeah. I want to baby the kiln and then, I mean, I get, cause like, you know, if I was just starting, if I was like, you know, if I just needed a kiln, I, you know, I wouldn't, I'd only spend a couple hundred bucks on a kiln set or something like that, but talking bang for your buck, like that's great. You know what I mean? But, uh, in terms of like living a life and not just sitting at your kiln for all day, uh, you know, it's nice to yeah. have that. So, yeah. Do you have, a, I remember, yeah. Do you have baby okay. monitors or cameras on your kiln? So when you go home, you're, you have <laughs> No, I don't. I trust him. Uh, I have some cameras just front facing the studio for security reasons, but uh, I don't have anything on the kilns. Uh, you know, ah, they're vented out and and they're good. You know, I think if something happened, yeah, I think we'll be okay. So, so you do not yeah. suffer from anxiety. Well, no, not too wow. bad. I'm pretty lucky. No, I'm. Uh, yeah. Lucky you. Uh, you know, I you know I'm always hoping, but at the end of the day, too, it kind of goes along with it. You know, everything in ceramics is going to break eventually. I'm going to do my best to make it last as long as I can, but stuff's gonna go wrong, you know, and that's why we save up money and, you know, uh, and, and try to treat things as best we can, but they're going to break. Shelves are going to get wrecked. Things are going to melt. That's okay. It's what happens. Especially <laughs> like in a community studio. I like that. Yeah. 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 Things are I got, I got, most fine. of my glazes are pretty nice, but I got one or two I put out there for some of the people to use it. I love them. I have like a lithium, a titanium blue lithium glaze. that is like a, this really lovely, like, satin matte that goes into this really cool drip kind of cobalt blue uh gloss but that thing is mean especially to beginners it's like uh i put some warning labels on it and try to help them out but uh, that thing will wreck my shelves every you know once a month maybe i'll get a little some some drips or some stuff but yeah. that's what the sanders for you know the disc grinder stuff like that so so the yeah. advancers are on the on the list oh yeah they're on the list i mean <laughs> they're down the line but they're definitely on the i'd love yeah, i'd love a big, pair. that's a big ticket you know? yeah i could spend like you know 60 bucks getting a new shelf or you know 200 bucks on half an advancer right like oh they're they're so nice and they're light too you know i'm pretty yeah, young right so now nice. my back's gonna definitely feel it soon enough and those advancers will be nice yeah. too and all that stuff so yeah. ryan just got some new ones tell tell them new advancers yeah, but I can't talk about them though. I mean, I, I'm testing them. Oh, you can't talk about them? What? No, I can't like, can't, like off the books. For them, but I can. I got some that they're test. I'm testing some thin shelves. Ooh. You did not tell me That's that cool. they. You couldn't talk about. It. I'm so sorry. I just can't like endorse the shelves because I'm testing them. Got it. Got it. Got it. Uh, got it. Are they? Are you gonna get a second sponsor from Advancer? I don't know. Advance. Maybe. Maybe we'll, hey, we'll put that on the, on the docket for 2024 podcasts. and see what happens. Yeah. 
Come on, Malcolm. Oh, let's go, Malcolm. Yeah, Come on. Malcolm. Yeah, that's cool though. Uh, I, I, yeah. If they're looking yeah, for more they're, they're a good assets to the studio, <laughs> and it's one of those things you're gonna have forever. I don't. I would suspect when Becca had them for her studio, they were really, um, really good for just student work. That you know, it's unpredictable what you're gonna get. Yeah, no, they were uh, fantastic. It, yeah, I think too. Like we are very liberal in our use of cookies and stilts. Uh, oh yeah. So. Yeah, I like if I think something's gonna run, I'll throw a cookie under it. Um, we have quite a few sitting around. That's just because you know, and if it sticks, I'd rather stick to the cookie and say, "Hey, it ran. It stuck to the cookie, but your piece is not totally destroyed." Um, yeah, I've worked at some other places that uh, some of those shells just, uh, I don't know, if, if it's even worth trying to save those things anymore. Um, you know, because when I got the new kiln for the studio, it's new shelves and everything, and they're looking still pretty dandy, which is nice. So. Yeah, Ryan's shelves, I loaded Ryan's kiln probably a couple months ago, and I cannot. It is rough. But his Which ones are you talking about? Your regular shelves, not the advancers. Like, your regular shelves oh. have a lot of things on them. Just what? because they're they Are you talking old. about the kiln <laughs> Just because of the kiln wash? I think so, yeah. I don't, I don't have put... a lot of crusties and stuff on them. Are you talking about the... They're, I do have the speckled clay, which leaves little bitty dots on the shelves. No, not the speckled clay, but like the shelves are like warped. They're like, they're. Oh, you're talking about the really thin ones. Yeah, they're like warped uh, and they're they're rough. I am like. But when that's you look not at, rough compared to some studios. Like some community studios, oh my, big yeah. clay globs that are, you just don't put a piece on there because it, they're, you're yep. not going to grind it. Yeah, or it's I, like this has become a bis shelf, not a glaze shelf, right? <laughs> right. Like I keep my shelves fucking pristine, and yeah. uh, Sarah just uh, glazed some stuff, and she didn't realize that the glaze she got was gonna run, and I, <laughs> I came in and there was two bowls in the trash, and I was like, cool, and like two full shelves have just like huge rings of glaze oh, on them. No. Yeah. Which is yeah. fine. It's absolutely fine because it's probably never going to happen again and we could just turn the shelf over. But yeah. is it like, I'm guessing it's just a regular shelf, right? With kiln yeah. wash or there's no kiln wash on it. No, there's no kiln wash. You don't yeah. kiln wash your shelves yeah. either. So yours are gonna look cleaner without kiln wash on them. Yeah. Because yeah. kiln wash flakes and it's awful. It does get on the bottom of pots. I just tell people like I'll knock it off a little or something, but it definitely yeah. Yeah. I think if if I it's like what I do for the community studio is definitely you have to think differently, right? You have to think like stuff's gonna get gnarly and messed up. What's the best way to stop that? Versus like Ryan doing your own thing, Becca doing your own thing. It's like yeah. of course you're just gonna get nice stuff because you know how to keep your stuff nice. Like it, it, maybe once in a blue moon you wreck it, but <laughs> you yeah. do kind of know what you're doing, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Once yeah, once I got the advancers, I was like, you guys can do whatever the fuck you want. I like if you don't want to glaze the bottom, <laughs> fine. If you like, I mean, yeah. like if you want to glaze the bottom, fine. I don't fucking care. You do whatever the fuck you want because it's not on me anymore. Like, <laughs> yeah, magic eraser. <laughs> yeah, I just feel like the regular shelves. I still want to put kiln water. Like I don't. It doesn't run that much, but if it does, like I just want to be able to get it off of the shelf like i would never yeah. risk just a bare shelf with no kiln wash on it that just is some too clay much fluxes so me. much too you know I some darker put, clays and stuff yeah well i i put aluminum on my shelves i don't put nothing i put aluminum on them so uh if they do flux the alumina helps with that but yeah i used to put like a thin layer of kiln wash on and i just don't anymore 
Well, with your stuff, you're not, you don't have anything. Well, your fancy cups, nothing is going to stick to the shelf. Yeah. It's not even possible because you, unless it, unless your clay plucks or something like that, but. Right. You know, all you have is a liner glaze, so. I run a, like, me and Sarah, my studio mate, literally, like, in almost every situation would never have anything stick to the kiln. Because she's not glazing the outside of her pots, and I'm not glazing the outside of my pots. So. <laughs> yeah, and her underglaze my work. Not, yeah, she doesn't does underglaze yeah. the feet. She does, but doesn't stick. Oh, that's good. Okay. Yeah. I feel that too. Most of my like personal work nowadays is uh, I either spray on some slip or I use terracigelata or something like that. So it's a lot yeah. less. Uh, you know, it's not really fluxing onto the shelf or anything, which is nice. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but everybody likes glaze, so you know. Becca, I'm curious. Going through like Noah's where he where he's at and the the growth potential and like if he fills up, like are there things that you foresee with a community studio that he should consider like that's worth yeah. spending time focusing on or avoiding? Because there's a lot of different ways he can go with with it. You know, he's talking about maybe expansion or you know the, the you know where where do you focus? Do you focus on memberships, teaching workshops? Yeah, well, I definitely think that, like, yeah, workshops are great. I think the biggest thing that I always think about, especially with somebody that's kind of like you, where you're, like, so based in community or so based in sharing and stuff like that, is that you're going to have to really, like, once you get into this, you're going to have to really have some hard boundaries. Some, like, super fucking hard boundaries. Yeah, and yeah. that's the hardest that's the hardest thing that i'm so happy to hear you say that yeah I, I already i already feel that in ways that i need to start really putting that stuff down uh, yeah so i don't i'm curious what noah how you would answer yeah. how so and then becca what do you mean yeah. when you say that yeah. yeah um so like an example is uh i have um so during our class hours, I do have some wheels and a little bit of space open for people to come in uh, if they book on our calendar. So we have like uh, uh, 12 wheels in the studio, uh, 12 wheels, 10 wheels, sorry, 10 wheels in the studio. Um, the eight wheels are kind of set up in a classroom, kind of in not a circle, but kind of two lines. so We can all see each other. And then we have two wheels to the side uh, and then like a little hand building table and a glazing area. Uh, and people, when I kind of started, were kind of just stopping in when they wanted to and they weren't always booking out these spaces and it just led to too many people coming in and i was like oh yeah it's cool you can come in like because it didn't seem like an issue um and so lately especially the start of the new session i just put down some firm boundaries like okay you have to book on the calendar when you come in like i put some more space here i got some more table space i got this and that but you have to book you can't just pop in uh as much as i want to be like hey you can be spontaneous and pop in when you want like if you want to check on a pot on yourself that's fine right but if you want to do work you have to book and that was something that I really had to put my foot down on because some people definitely were kind of like, oh, I like to just be able to come in whenever I want and be spontaneous and do my thing. And I totally get that. And I really respect that too. Um, but for me to run a business and to run the studio, I have to have some sort of scheduling. So that's been part of it too. Um, another one is like, sometimes students will, uh, is, basically the way it works is, with the studio. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Is the, is the main reason to have the book is so that people have equal opportunity to reserve the space so it's not overloaded or is it because they're conflicting with classes that are already established and have scheduled times 
the big thing, so no, everybody knows not to be used in like the class fields. They know, you know, and I would let them know, but it's more so like that we have enough space because we do have a smaller space, you know? So I basically have a thousand square feet of space. And most of that is like a big table that I built. Like, you know, it's a big plywood table, like a birch ply table. I made like an eight by four, something like that. And then like the wheels and everything and some other space, it's somewhat limited though. Um, and so because of that, uh, I can't just have people stopping in. And then like, if you just wanted to hand build, out of nowhere and come to the table and not book a wheel, I still need you to book that space because you're still taking up table space that students are going to be using and things like that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And it's just, it's just like, I don't want my students feeling cramped while they're in there either. I like having the, members in there. Yeah. And then anybody can go in there and see who's already uh, booked the space or where it's free. Maybe they yeah, want to go. We have like an online. Is there. Yeah. Exactly. We have an online. So basically what I have a setup is like, we have an online system uh, where it's like, you can see the calendar. I put in like when we have classes, uh, so, you know, when certain spaces are taken up and then you can book a side space during that time. Outside of that, though, I, you're welcome to come in whenever. I don't make you book outside of that unless it's like a workshop. Um, when I teach my Blaze workshops, I close the studio down because we're working with chemicals and then like we're wearing like either like respirators or N95s. And I don't want anybody coming in during that. But other than that, it's like um, people can come in any time except during classes. I do need you to like schedule. And that's like I had to be kind of just like I need you to do this. There was like, you know, you have to talk to a few people or something like that, like. You just got to make sure to schedule. I can't just have you come in. And you have okay, to work so in this area. It's mainly like just that. when classes are going on that you're limited. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I was thinking you meant just in the open time as well. No. Well, they oh, have yeah. I'm still pretty chill so and open mark. about that. Okay. Gotcha. And that has, like, to me, it's like, I'm very much with, like, I'll think about any hard issues that might come up. I could make a rule. But to me, it's like, that's where that micromanaging comes in of, if it's not an issue, it's not really an issue. And, and if it is an issue, then we'll deal with it and talk about it. But, uh. You know, that's where I think, like, if I were to think about all these possible issues to happen, I'm going to have all these possible solutions. And then everybody's going to feel like, you know, microman. That's when all those signs come up. Right. You know, and I mean? they're going to be like, oh, I forgot. Do what do we do in this situation? Like, I remember he said e exactly it's, it's in some yeah. paper somewhere. Yeah. And also too, like uh, some people like like refunds, like dropping out of a class like day of or getting people to fill in spots and things like that. Like having more like stuff really synced in, like. This is how much you're going to get back if you drop out of a class, like this much before a class or this much or this much, just so people have a better understanding. And nobody's been upset by that. Like, I've really been very generous with, like, refunds and making sure spots get filled and things like that. But, you know, some stuff like that as well. Like, OK, what is the actual like, OK, if you leave like the day before and I have to really, you know, hunt to get somebody to come take the class or you leave the day of like, you know, how much can I really give back to you? That's fair to the studio. Because uh, I'm like, you know, I, I, as much as I'd be like, here, just have your money back. I can't necessarily just do that because that's just not fair to the studio because you book that space and you're costing me that money during that time too. So, yeah. yeah. Becca, was that similar to what you were kind of thinking about boundaries or was it more just something different? Kind of, kind of, but also I think that like, I, th I'm thinking like more in the future. Like I think every studio owner has that issue that exact issue of like <laughs> that's good to know <laughs> that's comforting to oh hear. i was literally talking to somebody today who's having an issue like this so and they have a totally different situation but like somebody's coming in before they're even allowed to come in and yeah they just have a really shitty home life and they don't want to be at home you know and yeah and and they're staying way past their welcome essentially and they're like, they're a really nice human being and we don't know what to do. So like everybody has that issue. Mm -hmm. And yeah, but I think that on top of that, like having uh, going kind of like back to the fact that pretty much everybody becomes your friend. 
Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, you need to make sure that you're scheduling days off, like, very specific yeah. days off. You need mm-hmm. to make sure that, like, if you're spent, you need to say no. Because a lot of the times, you know, when you're about to leave and somebody else is about to leave and they're maybe, like, working on stuff, they're like, hey, do you want to go grab a bite to eat? And it can become, like, every single night, you know? Yeah, you got to take care of you. Yeah. Yeah, and you get emotionally, completely emotionally spent. And they're like, they don't realize that you're doing this every single day. And that, (laughs) like, where it wears on you after Mm -hmm. a while, you know? And so that's, like, that's another thing, um... And it sounds like scheduling time with your partner as well to yeah to in- oh, yeah. be intentional about setting aside time for them yeah and oh not, she would she would um, totally give me so much shit <laughs> if I didn't make enough time for her so well that's good yeah. that's good to which have, is like, helpful a, it's really good yeah yeah to have a strong partner that's like no 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 I need time too is good yeah and I think that that's yeah. mostly it like it you really have to like figure out the boundaries of like being too nice essentially yeah so and and like another thing that i found for me was open studio everybody would abuse open studio by like asking me so many questions and by the end of it i'm basically teaching a fucking class and (laughs) yeah and like being like you know what we're not in a class right now I will give you some resources so you can figure it out on your own. Oh, you know? yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of, that was kind of something that I had to learn too. Yeah. Just to be like, or it's just hard. to literally remove myself from the space. Yeah, it's hard to just be like, oh, well, I'm focused on loading this kiln. And yeah. for me, like, I like to do tasks where I'm very focused on it. And I'm, yeah. Like, it seems like I my ears are open because I'm doing this thing that's kind of, like, thoughtless and I, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> but it's also, like, yeah. it's kind of my time to relax and just zone into doing the thing I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to have to put headphones on and just be listening right. to stuff but because then you're closed off. But also, some people just don't respect the, hey, I'm yeah. busy yeah. and I'm doing my own thing here. I found that headphones have been my personal savior. Like, especially these big ass. Yeah, yeah, especially these big ass ones that are like, you can't mistake them for being headphones. Um, (laughs) Like, I was just, like I said, I was just talking about this, like, with multiple people, multiple different people, and just saying, like, hey, I need to get this shit done now. And I so want to help you and I so want to like be there for you, but I can't. And the minute I put these headphones on, I'm out. Like I'm mentally not, yeah. not here. Like I might as well be gone. Like you could put yeah. some fucking notes on the side that says, if I have these on, don't talk to me. Like, you know, <laughs> and then that's I appreciate like, you saying that yeah. too. Yeah. Because I think that, you know, I definitely, I uh, like have to focus because part of it and going back to the unreasonable hospitality thing, something big with the studios, I always tell people like, if I am there, you are like, you can ask me questions while I'm in. Like that's kind of part of the yeah. thing that I try to do, but there are definitely times that I need to be like doing my thing. And so you have to figure out, I think people will like do respect though. If you say, Hey, I can help you out in a minute or like, I can't help you out yeah. now, but I can show you later. Uh, yeah. Also I'm lucky in the back of the studio. It's like kind of a, the front face of the studio. And then, 
there's like a back area that's got this garage that I've converted into my workshop. And so it's nice if I need to get away too, I have like at least a space to get away that's to, which really is good. I'm really appreciative of. Um, really where it's like, good. I can just go hang out with my glaze and, you know, go talk to my glaze and something like that. But, you know, <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. used to have a space yeah. that I literally like it was six feet by 20 feet, I think. And I literally just faced the wall. And <laughs> I would like and I put my headphones on. And if anybody walked in there, I didn't even know they were there. And that was yeah. it. Because you got to yeah. be allowed to do your thing in your space, too. You know, yeah. uh, and I think, too, it's like I'm lucky enough, like I think that people people do like every day if I'm in there, people ask me questions. And I like that. I think that's something that I really value in the space is like showing people. I think something when I first started making is like I really enjoyed teaching people, but sometimes I would maybe talk to people too much and like tell them things and they are doing their thing, too. You know, so kind yeah. of on the flip side, I feel like I've been that person before, whether like trying to give them a tip. Or just like talking when you don't need to. And I think that that's like, I've learned as I've gotten older, how to kind of bring that in. And so now I've kind of learned more too of like, how can I, you know, I wait for people to approach me now. You know, I, if I overhear a conversation or something like that, even if I think I have something to say, I'm going to let them come to me and say something if they want to, too. And to me, that's kind of limited, like planting myself into conversations and it actually keeps me out of more conversations too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but that's just some social, you know, you know what works for you socially as well and what do you enjoy and, and how do you how do you want to be available but not be burdened right that's always a, i really appreciate hearing you that i like that head thing i might actually i so i use like some janky earbuds you know that i think i got at like 7-eleven or something like that right uh hmm. little ones but i'm like i'm kind of thinking you know you got these new bows you know all this stuff i'm like maybe i should get myself a nice little pair of studio headphones because well it's gonna be comfy it'll be comfy on my head and then maybe it's like yeah good little sign too and you look pretty cool too so it's kind of like a win-win-win you know <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah also what was i was gonna say one more thing that was kind of off the topic but also in the topic fuck what was it gonna say you've had some brain farts tonight becca dude you got some good ones too, though. Good questions. <laughs> y'all are like awesome. No, seriously, great. Really, really appreciate hearing what y'all have to say and what you've been asking too. Oh, I remember. Okay, I think a really important thing, and a, and a part of the reason why I asked you if there was like a ceiling or a, or a like a roof or whatever. Yeah. Um, another thing that I would say to keep in mind and just to to be aware of is that at some point within this journey that you're doing, you're going to need to. And it kind of comes back to like what Ryan said of like, what's your favorite thing? You need to make priorities of what you're doing and you need to be intentional, intention, intention, intentional, intentional, intentional about um, what the goal is. And, yeah. and like, that's what I fucked up on where I was just like chasing money, you know, and and that was never really the goal. It just like happened. And uh, like I should have stopped doing one of the things that I was doing. I should have taught, stopped yeah. teaching classes. I should have stopped, you know, but I was mm -hmm. doing all of it and I spread myself way too thin. So make sure you're not spreading yourself thin in the future, because if you have thank, a lot of plans, you, if you have a lot of plans, then that can definitely like creep in without you realizing yeah yeah that's no, i really appreciate that too because i think that 
like that burnout, something that, so I, so I was working in the restaurant industry for a while before when I was younger. Uh, mm-hmm. and that I learned a lot about burnout from being in that I'll be, <laughs> it was, it was pretty rough a lot of the time. Um, and you know, so I think going into this too, I really like what you say. My partner has been huge. She's, she's always been like, Noah, like, uh, no, you're not going anywhere today. Like, like I don't really ever go in on Sundays is usually my day off, things like that. Um, but also I think learning to like give up a little bit to other people. So like, you know, I, early on, I'm like, I need to hire some people because I could do this all on my own, but I would just be so burnt. I'd be so done, you know? So, you know, hiring other folks has been a big part of that too. Getting those residents in as well. Uh, I was sick like a month and a half ago, something like that. And I had these people here and they're actually able to cover for me and get my back. And it was like, I don't know, that kind of breakthrough moment of, Oh, like if something goes wrong, it's okay. Like if I can't make it, the entire world isn't just going to explode, you know? But I think too, is like things get bigger and bigger. I have to always keep that in mind as well. That's why I appreciate you saying that too, because you know, I'm going to have these other ventures that are going on and like, I'm still always going to be caring about the studio. But if, if I'm putting in like all the effort I'm putting into the studio right now in the future, I'm not going to, or into my other thing, like that can only go so far. Right. Yeah. So yeah. You are only one human. And (laughs) yeah. Yeah, That's and if you're if you're if you can only physically handle so much, and like you know the strategy of the business and where it's going is going to take a big chunk, and there's not direct answers there. It's not as easy as like no, there's a yeah. bunch of pots that need to go in this kiln. It's a very linear. <laughs> this needs to be done. It's obvious. You know that yeah. takes up time. You can spend your time and effort doing ten small things, or you can take a little more time to like focus on strategic where only you can make that decision because it's your business at the end of the day. So, and and where you want it to go. So those things are going to take a lot of time as well as talking with a lot of people and getting insights from, you know, what, what do the people want that are there? What does the community want? You know, I'm sure you'll be asked, Hey, do you do date nights? And then you're like, okay, well now we got to accommodate one-off two-hour classes to yes, a group right? of 10 people on Friday nights and mm-hmm. who's going to do them? Do I have space for it? Where's all the pots going to go? Like, I can foresee that coming up and you got to handle memberships, you got to handle classes, you got to handle workshops, you got to handle like <laughs> fancy yeah, workshops, it, eight yeah. nights, and I can just uh-huh. see it getting really bloated and it 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 it, th- it spreads you really thin. You yeah. Know? And yeah. I think I really you nailed it right on the head. Uh, and I think like, I see like running the business and it's a lot of it is managing people, right. Managing people, managing the, the happenings, managing a lot of stuff. And I've been lucky. I've had a lot of help. Like my partners help me with social media a lot of the times. And then like, but I'm still I'm doing all the back end. I'm doing the bookkeeping, you know, I'm doing everything I kind of need to be doing. Get a fucking bookkeeper. No, oh, well, it's not too a, bad. Get a bookkeeper. No, no, no. I, okay. I got my QuickBooks set up. I'm good to go. <laughs> I'm one of my, one of my investors and a good friend of mine is like a financial advisor and he's got me all hooked up. Uh, so I got some at least good knowledge. Uh, if it ever gets too much, though, oh, no, you you best believe I'm outsourcing that, too. Um, but, you know, it's like uh, I think Ryan really hit it on the head with, like, all these things add up, right? And you they have do. to figure out how to manage them. Uh, and right now, like, I'm teaching three classes. But, you know, starting February, I'm only going to be teaching two classes. And then, you know, my hope in the future is maybe I'm teaching one class. I love teaching, and that brings me a lot of joy, you know, but if I do need to step back from that too and just be running the business, maybe that's what I need to be doing as well, right? And so uh, I appreciate hearing you say that too because it's like it does just add on infinitely, right? And so you kind of just have to figure out as you go. And maybe you do start to encroach on that that burnout line and you have to be like, whoa, okay, 
I, okay, maybe you give yourself a timeline and say, I'm going to pull it back after this time and somehow allocate that, that stuff to somebody else. And I'm a really big advocate for hiring other people. I really love having workers and paying them well. Uh, and so yeah. that's been a big part of my, my business and like my philosophy in doing this. And so I'm not averse to hiring other people because it, all it does is make my life better. It makes my life more like easier, right? Okay. Maybe I don't make as much money for the business because somebody else is making money, but that's a win-win for me at the end of the day yeah. too. So, well, I mean, you're all yeah. about community, so it would make sense that you want to pay people, you know, yeah. like that's what that is literally what our economy is supposed to fucking yeah. do. Uh, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah no, you're exactly. paying them and then they're hopefully they're getting more job satisfaction as well as they're yeah, doing right. something that they want to be doing so that they don't have to yeah, work right. that side job that they don't like. And well, then so, they, you know, they spend their free time in the studio doing things, but yeah, you know, and, they would really love to make enough at the studio exactly. or make a little extra yeah. so that it's more comfortable for them. Yeah. And so all my, my, my teachers are all professionals in the area. So they're all like professional makers that have been teaching. And then they also get full access to the studio. So I let them make whatever they want and I run through their stuff and they can do, you know, so it's like trying to just, you know, at the end of the day, I wish I could just, I wish I could hire them as full-time employees and give them something, you know, whatever to do and like really give them some of that, you know, substance to do their thing as well, you know, to be makers and be teachers. Um, but you know, right now it's like I can only hire people for a class or two per session, right? Um, but they that's even sometimes like that's that. enough. Sometimes that's enough, right? Yeah. That okay, I'm making an extra, you know, four hundred dollars a week or something like that or whatever, right? Doing a class, cool. Now that means that maybe I'm not worrying as much about, you know, taking some other job or doing this other thing or worrying this much about some other place that I don't enjoy as much and isn't paying me as well. And now I can focus more on my art. And I've seen even in these last three or four months, like the, the people that I've been employing have really been uh, finding their own voice and really growing as makers and really like doing some amazing stuff. And it's like outside of me. Right. And that's what I really appreciate is like they're finding themselves outside of like heirloom and outside of like what I'm doing in my business. They're also creating their own personal you know, brands mm -hmm. and their own personal voices and their work that is like I'm maybe helping them just have more room to do that. And that kind of goes with that culture creation and that community creation as well as like, I, I want to see some nice pots and like, if I can like pay somebody well, and at the end of the day, they end up making better pots at the end of the day. That's pretty cool to me too. Yeah. So, yeah. I have a question that you don't have to answer, but I think that most people right at this yeah. moment are wondering. Um, and I also, I want to say this beforehand, I also think this is a really, like, you've talked about paying people well, and I, yeah. I know that you have the correct or better than correct answer for this. So <laughs> it kind of, like, how much are you paying your teachers? I want to know how yeah, much yeah. you're paying your I'm teachers. I'm always an open book. I pay my teachers $40 an hour for the classes. Oh, fucking um, pay. Yeah. Yes. And then yes. they get full access to the studio and everything, too. And it's usually a session's about... Session's three hours, and I pay him four hours for a session. Um, so, yeah. And that's all ten ninety nine. I suspect. So it's, it's no, they're all employees as well. So they're all employees as well. Uh, I've all hired them as employees too. In my nice, business. nice. So I'm nice. paying employee taxes. If I'm asking somebody to be there, that's a. I have a little gripe with that in the industry where uh, people tend to be hired as contractors. When I I feel like you are basically doing employee work. Um, mm -hmm. I was an employee for a while too at some other places, and you know I have certain gripes with how things have been done. So. Yeah. yeah. So they're my employees. So they're employees. They're, you know, they're protected and they have employee rights and stuff like that. Um, and then I pay them the 40 an hour. Uh, and then if they come in and teach a class or teach a workshop or cover for me, same thing, you know, um, and then uh, they also get full access to the studio. So I, I'm usually giving them 
anything they need materials, clay, free firings, all that stuff too. So, nice. um, well, you know, thank you. I'm always thank really trying to be for... transparent because I think we need, we need good people being paid. Well, I mean, there's a lot oh, of money yeah. in this industry and people should be getting what they're valued. They shouldn't be, you know, too taken advantage of when it comes to that. Cause I think being a teacher is a very valuable skill and it's worth money. People are paying money for it and they should yeah. get what they're worth out of that. So yeah, so many of my friends and other people that I've talked to, I, I wanted to ask that question because I know that there's somebody listening to this that is getting paid $15 an hour or $20 an hour yeah, to teach it's a class. Just not, yeah. And you're worth more than that. If you are actually a, a solid teacher, if you're not a solid teacher, then you might be worth $15. But, um, <laughs> but I'm not hiring somebody that's not a solid teacher, though, either. Right. I guess but like, I should be saying as well, you know? Yeah like you should be being paid at least 35 to 40 dollars an hour it does not matter where you are because classes are basically the same price wherever you are so and they yeah. can do the math and you're probably the, taking on the more teachers too. can oh, do oh, the yeah. math to figure yeah. out yeah they yeah. can say how much are you charging for the class how many people do you have okay how much money is that how much am i getting of that cut how much work yeah. am i putting in like they know the math like they can yeah. figure yeah yeah it comes out to about, I, I try to pay, it's a little less than like 50% of the cost of the class. Yeah. That's what goes to my teacher's pockets. Uh, yeah, which, you know, I, I still need that. to make money for the studio. Uh, and so I think that's fair enough, you know? Um, yeah, no. Maybe one day more. More than we'll fair. See, you know, so, yeah. It's more than fair. I, you know, I'd love, you know, maybe one of these days if I could ever somehow figure out, we're making more money and have some more. The, the reason I'd like to grow the business too is, you know, if I could have somebody working maybe more full time, get some benefits going and stuff like that too. You know, healthcare is a big issue in this industry as well. Uh, like I'm lucky enough that either, you know, I either through the state or through my partner over time, I've been able to get health insurance, but like, it's hard to get health insurance as a potter. And that's like, I, I mean, living without health insurance is, is terrifying in the country. Right. So, you know, making that more accessible to people maybe in the future and some stuff like that, that's a whole other rabbit hole to go down, but mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. that's kind of a, a take on that as well. So, yeah. Yeah. For sizzle. Okay. Well, it is. There was something I was thinking about the bookend that I wanted to ask. Oh, good, because it's oh. midnight. Okay, yeah. It's, it's, it's late, late for y'all. I was also, so I tend to, if I start picking up something and, and doing something new and trying it out because I got requested for it, I'll, like, keep going until I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah. okay, I, I, like, it's not sustainable. Like, I need to, like, let go of this thing. So I was, <laughs> I was going to suggest, yeah. like, if you try, like, feel free to like do things as trials as well like do it for a short period of time see how it is assess Thank it you. yeah kind of retrospect on it talk with the people that did it or talk with your teacher like did this work did this seem to do what we wanted like because i tend to just keep going on something for a long time without just killing it when i should have killed it yeah and yeah. i'm like okay i gotta take on this thing because i said i was gonna do it and I just had right. to stick with it. But like, I, uh, it's kind of my own ego like of that, like, yeah. I don't want to have to admit that I should stop doing that. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to see like a quote unquote failure. And it's not really like a failure. It's like, you know, it's more like a, a trial and an error. Right. But like, uh, so we did some workshops last time and uh, we, we pitched a couple and I thought they're all awesome workshops, different things we were doing, but one of them did well. And then my glaze workshops tend to sell out and people really like those, but there's like one or two that like maybe one person signed up for and we, we couldn't run them. And so it's like, at this point, do I try to just repeat those or do I, you know, do I say, okay, I'm just not going to do those workshops right now. And maybe I'm going to try something new. So what I'm doing now is like, I'm trying the, like the, the sculpture eight week class instead of doing workshops for right now, stuff like that, you know, and it's like, 
but I appreciate you saying that. Like, it's okay to let go. You can let it be. Right. Mm -hmm. Cause it's hard. It's hard. You know, if it, if it's like, if you get four people to sign up for the sculpture workshop, like maybe you have that tight knit group and then run it again. And do you hope that you get more or is it just the same group? And then like, okay, maybe that doesn't mean it needs to be a workshop, but maybe it, maybe it's like short intensive things that that group can kind of form naturally and organically on their own. I like, yeah, yeah. Versus, uh, when you care a lot about it too, it's hard workshop. to kill it off. <laughs> yeah, if it's like something that's like, oh, this is like, oh, I have this great idea. You know, I'm gonna do this. Uh, you know, we're gonna, I don't know, some random workshop, and nobody signs up, right? But you care so much about it. I'm gonna do it next time. That's just wasted space, right? At that point, or you know, wasted money or whatever. And your right? energy is spent on something you. that maybe you really want to have happen, and it's. It's something that you have this picture of what it's going to be, but maybe it's just yeah, not the right. time for it, or maybe the audience isn't there for it yeah. right now. But yeah. it can be. It's a lot like later. pots, right? It's a lot like pots, yeah. Whether yeah. your pots work out or they not work out, you know, you got some great idea for some cool design, and it just totally will not work sometimes, and that's that's fine, you know. Yeah, I appreciate that though. Thank you, Ryan. Yeah. All right, Becca. Any last words? I think we need to wrap up here. This one way longer than I. I expected. I appreciate your time. Thanks for joining yeah, us. For this no, yeah, no, thank you. This is my blast. I seriously, uh, I sorry, Ryan asked Becca, so I'll let Becca go. But I'll say, <laughs> I have nothing. I, the only other thing is that um, you should read the book, uh, the E Myth too. E Myth and Profit like, First. Okay. E-Myth. Those two books. Okay. The E Myth is really small, from what I remember. It's a really yeah, it's it's short. Well, thin book. Oh, yeah. you're back! Yay. I am. I didn't want it to cut out. I would have felt so bad. I, I was. I was like, "What the heck?" You know. So yeah. We'll see. Maybe we'll go. But yeah, thank you both so much. Honestly, this has like been such a great conversation, and you give me some really great tips too. And I, you know, it's really nice to chat with y'all too. Uh, I've been a fan for a while, so it's nice to uh, just get to meet both of you and and like just have a nice conversation. And uh, yeah. I really appreciate what y'all are doing too for the ceramic community. You know, I think that when I was really like learning and trying to see what it would be like to even possibly do something in this world as a living and really try to make it. I felt like your voices were very encouraging. And it's also like, you're not, you know, you're chill and you're just doing your thing and you're having a conversation. And I think that we don't get to see that enough of like the real side of all the ceramics. And I appreciate how honest both of you are. And uh, it definitely like, you know, I think only gave me a better idea about like the realities of living as a potter. It's not some glamorous, you know, I mean, at times it can be awesome, and but it's like hard too. It's a lot of hard work, mm-hmm. you know, it's a lot of realities you have to deal with. And uh, having both of you just to like learn from and stuff too has been uh, really influential and in kind of shaping oh. my thoughts around the community and stuff too. So I really appreciate you both a lot. And I'm really happy you're doing what you're doing too. So oh, thanks, thanks, Noah. I appreciate it. Yeah. We both appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. There's, it, yeah. if anything, the podcast is like not just us, but talking to so many people, like, you know, there's different studio sizes and different places yeah. you're at. And there's just so many different formulas for how it can work for you and just what you're passionate about, what you, you know, can find success in as well as, you know, somebody else can find success in something completely different. Exactly. There's yeah. just so much potential. You gotta do, yeah. You got to do what you feel is right. And, you know, I'm really fortunate and lucky that I've had these opportunities and I've worked my ass off too, you know, to get these done. Uh, but, you know, I think that especially in the world of ceramics and the world of art, like you just got to kind of do what you think is right and, and keep falling through with it and be pretty honest with yourself about stuff too. Yeah. And cool stuff will happen. You know, it's like, just keep going and, and life will work out in, in ways and, and you know, it's cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Where can people find you on the interwebs? 
Yeah, so you can find the studio at Heirloom Ceramic Studio, no S after ceramics, so Heirloom Ceramic Studio on Instagram. And then you can find me at NWS underscore ceramics for my personal stuff. Uh, but definitely go give us a follow at Heirloom Ceramic Studio. Uh, we're always kind of posting about some fun stuff going on. And uh, we have our workshops opening up if you're in the Portland area uh, this Friday at 10 a.m. Uh, we have a couple of beginner and some uh, intermediate classes going live, too. So if you want to come take a class with me or one of the awesome instructors there, too, you should definitely uh, check that out. Sweet. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. All right. No, thank y'all. you so much. Thanks, everybody, yeah. for listening. Oh, before we leave, I'm I'm going to s- cut it before that. Oh, yeah. Bye. Say bye. 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 <laughs> okay. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to another episode of Wheel Talk. This podcast is made possible through the contributions of all of our listeners who always ask us great questions, leave us reviews, and contact with us through social media. Thanks to all the fellow makers as well who take time to be interviewed and share about their lives and businesses. And thank you to Ashley from Boldover Ceramics and Lindy from Lindy Garner Ceramics for their assistance on the Wheel Talk podcast Instagram. You are invaluable. Thank you to everybody.